What is up? What is good? Whoa, we're back. How you doing? I almost called you Phil Sims. Yeah. Wow. There you go. Phil Sims. That's what he and is. It's Wednesday, so Josh is here I'm with here. us. I'm here. I'm doing good, Bruce. Thank you. Mm. We were actually talking yesterday in a meeting about our show that right. will be starting in September. Yes. And we were thinking how great would it be if your dad and my dad were like working together. <laughs> Like Bruce funny. and Phil. That would be pretty and, good. And me and Josh posted at the same time, I don't know if you want to give Bruce a camera. <laughs> Could uh, get ugly. He's going to turn it, take over the show. Oh, uh, gosh. Huh. You're on the Wi-Fi, huh? You're on the Wi-Fi, huh? Good stuff. <laughs> Adam actually brought that up in the meeting. We yeah. were talking about his dad. He goes, he's the type of guy that you get in the elevator with him, and he goes, you on the Wi-Fi? Yeah. You should use the Wi-Fi. Yeah. yeah Wi-Fi's good here. Totally that guy. Man. All right. We have uh, we have a number of, of fun stuff for the show today. Okay. Uh, a number of fun stuff. A number. We gave Chris the DISC assessment, which is a personality assessment to see what he's really like. That will be towards the end of the podcast. But we learned a lot about Chris. Yeah. When, when they came to the office, you thought it was just going to be a bunch of corporate crap, and I then did. it turned out to be a real uh, indicator of what human beings and what your personalities are yes. like. So we dove in and we started asking questions, you know, what kind of personality does Belichick have? What about Gruden? So we have that. Uh, we have, of course, whoa, big, big off-season. Uh, and apparently your dad, Phil Sims, yes. says he can't come on today. No. But we have a mascot battle, so we're going to call him. Good. Call him. Yeah. Let's do it. Who cares? I don't know what he has. He's probably doing nothing. I don't really believe him when he tells me he's busy because I don't know what he does this time of the year. Exactly. I'm do we guessing... need to suspend Phil? Can we suspend? We can certainly can Levitar suspend suspended him. you for a day. Yeah, certainly. We yeah, can this suspend, isn't an though. OTA. This is not optional. This is training. Mandatory. Camp. Yeah, yeah, this I is know. the real he, deal. And yeah, he's probably like doing bench press right now and like, I can't do it. I got to work out today. We don't ask him for much. 15 minutes a week? That's yes. not, I mean, that's 15 nothing. minutes a week and we're building his brand. We're yeah. making him cool. Speaking of brands, yes. speaking of cool, Quite. guys, yes. our first t shirt is now available. Woo! The Sims 70 shirt with all 70 quarterbacks' first names on the back, ending with B-L-A-K-E, Blake Bortles, is available now. Uh, we're going to be putting it on Instagram, Twitter. So, yeah, if you want the shirt, please. It's going to be awesome. Get them while they're hot. Uh, and go to bit, bit.ly slash Sims 70, and that's where you'll be able to buy it. So if you're not going to be checking us out on Twitter or Instagram and you want the link, bit dot ly slash sim 70 it will take you to the store it's available in white gray and baby, baby blue. blue guys we really need to sell some t-shirts so buy some shirts do we there's a lot riding on this well, so I, buy some I shirts. saw some I other t-shirts in the office today too yeah we got some things floating around there okay. will be more shirts i saw one today there will be i'm just gonna tell you yeah. whoa there will be shirts okay it's just more like we have some things that we do here that we want on shirts and it's going to be great great uh speaking of the jaguars and blake bortles mm -hmm. the jaguars have changed the name of their stadium it is now t-i-a-a -A bank field or as jaguars fans will call it throw it away already bank field <laughs> that's what it's going to be t-i-a Bank Stadium? T-I-A-A. Bank well, I've never even heard of that bank. What is that bank? I don't know. I remember I, I one time was covering Kentucky, and they played in the BBVA Compass Bowl. Right. And I did an entire story just on what do you think the BBVA Compass is. And people were like, I have no idea. And it was like a Spanish bank. Yes. But T-I-A-A, throw it away already, Blake. Great. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks for Thank you for telling me that. That was great. So it's really interesting. The number one things that we're interacting with right now on the podcast in terms of social is 
whoa, big off season, yep. and people saying that you're an idiot for your soccer take. I, I have mean, people <laughs> from Mexico. I have people from. It's mainly from Germany, right. from England. Right. You get so fired up. Yes. And because the World Cup starts next Thursday, yes. we are going to be bringing in BR's own Dean Jones. Uh, I brought him in for two reasons. One, he's an to insider. Crap on me. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is we are going to be having a discussion. Right. I somewhat We're agree a with you. Football podcast. And they are a football <laughs> entity. So in essence, it's the same it's thing. It's the same sort. But I think that I kind of agree with you. Yes. But then I also don't agree with you at all. Like okay. I yeah. both sides. But I want someone to come in here. Hey, I'm ridiculous. This is what I do. Yes. I'm, okay. I mean, so, I used to go around the locker room and go, I could beat Manny Pacquiao up. I go, yes, I could beat Manny up back. And you put me in a fight with Manny Pacquiao, I'm winning. Because he weighs 145. I weigh 90 pounds more. As long as he doesn't get me with that first punch and knock me out, he's in a world of crap. So what I need you to do for Monday, have your points. The World Cup starts next Thursday. It's the perfect time. Okay. Have your big points. Maybe we'll treat it like court, and I'll tell Dean that I'll, we're going to be the judge. Yeah, but I, I kind of want it to be more of an open discussion. I know. I don't. I, the reason I hate this is because I don't. I don't want to. You know, I'm not trying to upset the world. Uh, yeah, or just like I'm not trying to crap on soccer. Dean Jones, though, because this is a guy that. Lives in England, sure. covers the sport at its highest level, yes. and I'm sure he's heard this before. I've kind of told him your thoughts on it, so I'm excited to get to it. The other thing, though, the whoa big off season, yeah. it has now become a meme. <laughs> a picture of Chris Sims looking down, whoa big off season. Fendrick can kind of compiled a bunch on I our did. Instagram. Uh, one that was my favorite. People so, asked me today, they're like, how does it feel to be a meme? And I was like, oh, wow, it's so special. Do you even know what we're talking about? I saw, about? yes. You got one yeah, of you guys. Define a meme. Just what is a meme in Chris Sims' mind? You know, those stupid videos people send me of, you know, Jordan crying meme. That's what I think of. There you right. go. Okay. Right. Chris knows his memes. <laughs> it's, in essence, a message that is repeated over and over again. Right, and right. right now that message is, whoa, big offseason. My favorite, uh, Kendall Shader. Big Phil secretly wishes Lefko was his son. Whoa, big offseason. <laughs> that was one. my personal favorite. Uh, the part that kind of blew me away is I got reached out to on Instagram to my personal one by the Eagle is Black. And I was like, I don't know. And the message was, hey, Lefko, I don't know if you remember me, but I was the big black guy with the Eagles mask that was trending on Twitter the day the Eagles spanked the Vikings with foals. Do you remember the video where there's a guy on top of a car and then it panned over and there's a shirtless, huge guy with an Eagles mask? I do remember that. It was this guy. That's great. And he DM'd me and he said, after the Super Bowl, a flood of people came up to me asking for pictures. And the thing I thought in my head Wow, big offseason. He goes, he goes P.S., I know it's whoa, but I was caught up in the moment. So <laughs> He actually said that in his direct yeah. message. So that's uh, awesome. The Eagle is the Black Eagle. He's a part of Sims and Lefko. So I now like we've got it. the Black Eagle and the Chargers fan of the draft. Super fans. Super fans. They come to the player podcast. Okay, last thing I want to ask before we actually start this podcast and get serious here. Um, how was the snoring received on Instagram? Did you know how I, I found memes, out? Couple memes about it. My wife, so I'm sitting there watching her scroll, and you're like, "Wait till she gets <laughs> oh, to see." And she had already seen one. Of, oh, I get. Well, we had my son on there, right? 
That was the same day. Yep. So I don't know how that was received, him throwing the football either he, way. People were like, holy shit. Oh, that's Phillip cool. Sims is going to be A lot incredible. of people said better than Bortles. <laughs> yeah. That was what we saw in the comments. <laughs> yeah, they saw a video of Phillip. Better natural <laughs> thrower, I'll say that. Uh, uh, but then the wife thing. So she had seen that. And she's like, oh, that's so cute. And then it was later on that night. And I was like, you know, watching a Yankees game or whatever. And she's on the couch. And I see her now. And I see you and me at the desk. And I'm like, oh, what's that one? And I'm looking. And it says swipe up. And I'm like, oh. No, and she's not gonna really listen to it, but she's semi. I could see her like she's about to flip by it, but she's going back. And then she looks at me and she goes, "What is this? What did you say?" And I was like, "I don't know," but I knew, of course. And she finally turned up the volume and listened, and she was like, "Wait, oh, that's me!" And she started laughing, which was great. And You're then like, she, "Oh my god, I'm gonna survive!" She started laughing, and then she called me a jerk. Uh, and some few other things, but it was good. It was all good. So you're good. Yeah. Well, this is. I told her. Listen, if you want to keep buying Yves Saint Laurent, you got to listen and deal with this shit. So you survived Snorgate. I did Snorgate. Snorgate yes. 2018. I'll, I'll tell you. Well, you know what it did though. Next night, no. A little more attention to the, her snoring. That's what I wanted to accomplish. What do you mean? What did she do? We're realizing with my wife <laughs> that when she eats Back too to late, Sam's wife snores. <laughs> when she eats too late, really, or unhealthy late. She's a extra snorer. Now, she snores a little as is no matter what, right. but, but I can deal with it. And then when she has like a late dinner this at 9.30. This is 930, what's incredible about Sims, and it's going to come to its head more in the personality disc assessment. Right. Sims is like, you ate more, it caused that. I would be like, I'd wake up the next day and be like, I don't know what it was, but you really snored a lot last night. Like, I would never break it <laughs> You're down. You're always going A to B. I, I, I try. Yes. yes. I try to be observed. That's what frustrates me, because she'll tell me things. I'm like, no, you're wrong. I've been observing. You have not. You've been sleeping. Shut up. That's amazing. <laughs> All right. So that was it. No, that, um, thank yeah. you for the snore update. We survived. We right. did have someone suggest today that you should ask Florio if he can be your divorce lawyer if need be. So I don't know what type of law Mr. I think I should make it a weekly thing, really. Just a snoring update? Yeah, yeah we can do that. A little bit. We could bring your wife or in, you a could sleep just do, consultant. You could just do Sims complains about his wife, and we could do a variety of topics. I think that would be better, too. I think that would be great. You're right. Okay, I'll do that. I'll start, I just when we start getting that, a box at the doorstep every day from somewhere, I'm going to start filming that. Be like, here we go. I, I played the clip for my girlfriend, right? and she looked at me, and she just went, Adam and I went. Don't worry, I'm not going <laughs> to. Uh, we didn't even have the discussion. Yeah. She just went good. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, no, yeah. we don't need I to was talk like, about Chris it. Chris is crazy. Like you're making my relationship better. Good, good. That's what I'm here I for. I appreciate it. I'm here for that. That's why we self scout. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Instagram one uh, said we should self scout. We, we you were afraid you missed somebody for safety, and he said, ask Sims if it was Eric Berry. Oh, Berry would have been yes. Berry was a little bit out of my out of mind, out of sight, out of mind because he was hurt last year. Right. But yeah, he would be in that conversation for sure yeah uh barry is a guy that honestly early in his career i thought he was slightly overrated you did and then later here the last few years i've gone oh he's he's living up to the billing now uh and he's one of those guys too that i didn't really realize until i met him bigger than he looks in uniform Mm, he looks very thin he wouldn't think he's a big guy but when you do see him in person you go oh okay now i understand why he was a top 15 pick and everybody took him over earl thomas because he's he's noticeably a bigger human yeah but eric barry i I feel like his instincts have gotten so good yes. that now he's making plays that he just wasn't making exactly early right. in his career. Right. That was a huge blow to them last year. Remember the job he did in week one? They win, They beat the Chiefs because of his ability to cover or the Patriots because he could cover Gronkowski. Not only that, when the Chiefs made their run two years ago, yes. 
He was the one picking on off the two-point conversion against the Atlanta Falcons. Right. He was the one picking off Cam Newton and returning it to the house. He was the difference maker. He was. And I think that's why everyone was like, oh, Ron Parker had a bad year. No, but when you're used to playing with Eric Berry, yeah. your, your responsibilities are different. Yeah, you're more free. No so thank you, Instagram One, uh, for getting that in there. I- I'm going to say this right now. Okay, say it now. We are going to be talking about Trump, the White House, and the Philadelphia Eagles. I have decided that because this is not a news show, it is not a TV show, it is a podcast, we could talk about it whenever we want. I'd like to have fun and then have that conversation at the end. If you want to hear it, it's towards the end. It'll be the last 15, 20 minutes of the show. If you don't, then turn it off and don't send me anything because I'm telling you ahead of time. Wow, so we get a lot of people that get annoyed when we talk about these subjects. Yeah, and you know what? At this point, you should know who you're listening to. Yes. We are the Players Podcast. We stand for the players. You know what side we're on. If you're choosing to consume it, well, then you clearly want to hear it. Right. So that's going to be at the end. Okay. I just I want to give people an option. I got you. I know that in our landscape, it makes people feel a certain type of way. So heads up, it's at the end. Yep. Um, we got to talk a little bit of news, Kyle Shanahan, but it's it's a little sad. Dwight Clark yeah. passing away at sixty one. Mm-hmm. Um, thought Kyle, about you a few times when I was talking about him the last few days. Thought about me? Yeah, I did. Why? Because you always you have a great saying about you always say, "Can you tell the story of the NFL with this guy or without this guy?" And Dwight Clark and the catch, you can't tell the story of the NFL without that play. An incredible moment, uh, the catch NFC Championship game against the Cowboys. They're trailing twenty seven twenty one. Montana threw a pass, and by all stories and all recollections, everyone thought he was throwing it away. Right. It's funny. I watch the clip now, and I I know how it ends. So yeah. I've never gotten that sense. Right. But they always say it looked like he was throwing it away, and he jumped up so high. I mean, I, I still see people with rulers out there at Candlestick going, he got this high. I think the story that I read about Dwight Clark that made me really understand what kind of a person he was, mm-hmm. Dwight Clark on that picture yeah. made sure that Joe Montana got money, but also Everson Walls, the quarterback oh, right. of the right. Cowboys. The yeah. story is they had never met each other, and soon after that play, Dwight Clark runs up to Everson Walls at an event and goes, you don't know me, but I want to get you money. And Everson Walls is like, what are you talking about? He goes, I'm getting offered tons of money for this photo, right. and I want you to get a cut because you're in it too. And that's kind of who Dwight Clark Speaks is. Speaks to him. Kyle Shanahan, I saw an interview where he told a lot of stories. I forgot Kyle was there with Grew his dad. Up in 49ers, right? And has Kyle told you stories about growing up around those guys? I mean, a little bit. I can't say anything specifically to, you know, Dwight Clark or anything like that. Um, But uh, no, I mean, that was certainly an extremely important part of Kyle's life and his upbringing, his years at uh, in San Francisco, living on the same street as Bleacher Report founder Dave Finocchio. Damn. Uh, right? And that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, he used to ring Dave Finocchio's doorbell to get an extra guy out for street hockey. Uh, and, and Dave told me that story. So that's just funny in itself. But um, yeah, that's where Mike made you know his name for himself. 94-49ers, mm. that offense, what he did with Steve Young was unprecedented at the time. What a, That's such a dope team. Steve yes. Young, Mike Shanahan's offense with mm-hmm. the one-year of Deion Sanders. Yeah. Like, awesome. Awesome. 
And that then was who was the, the D lineman that we loved that, oh. that took a shit on the, the Oh, well, that was guys. Charles Haley. Was he on that team? No, he was, he was on, on the, the Cowboys. Cowboys. He was on they the... were just incestual at that time, they switching were. players. They were. They were. And then they were so, I mean, that was pre-salary cap and pre-free agency. Those So teams could dominate the league. 49ers, they were willing, like DeBartolo and, and the family, they were willing to spend more money than other teams. And so they got really good players. And I don't fault them for that, but that's why DeBartolo was the man. What I love is I'm. we have a lot of people. So there's three guys that I think four guys that we get tweeted about more than anybody else or Instagram. Right. Blake Bortles, um, Aaron Rodgers, Odell Beckham Jr., and Kyle Shanahan. Gotcha. That to me is like our fearsome foursome of the four people that talk to us a lot. Right. Getting so many people, 49ers fans, being like, this is the reason we love Kyle. And it's, I mean, it's him talking about growing up around the Niners as a kid. Yeah. And that's what you want as a fan, as someone that appreciates and understands your history and tradition. Was there a quote or anything he said that was... He talked about how Dwight Clark and them would race him and he'd have to run and they'd be in a golf cart and like he'd be in the locker room at that age and he's just growing up around them. Yeah. It's funny that he grew up in the Niners locker room and you grew up in the Giants locker room. I know. And that... Is probably so and much his of dad your was the offensive coordinator of the Broncos in 1986 when my dad won the Super Bowl. It's just weird to think we were in the stadium that day together. All those little things. That's why Damn. the football world is so yeah. small at times. But yeah, I know. It's extremely fascinating. I mean, the 49ers, the team I hated the most growing up. I mean, I hated the 49ers. I looked at them and go, my dad wins two more Super Bowls if it's in the 49ers. If the Giants don't take my dad, my dad... To this day, he said it on the podcast last week. He thought he was going to go to the 49ers. It could right. have been him. So, uh, yeah, they, they made me cry more than they made me cheer. I'll say that. I love it. Uh, I, I think it's cool. Dwight Clark, that play, I don't believe Joe Montana was throwing it out of bounds, right? That, was, this is, that play became a staple in every offense in the history of football from going, going a forward. A tight end running behind the and They call it end. sprint right option, right? It's the famous play. Every offense in football has sprint right option in it now because of that. And then that, that particular play, it was red left slot, sprint right option, and you run out to the right, and really you're trying to hit the quick guy into the flat, right? There's two receivers. Yes. You're trying to hit the slot guy into the flat. The the other guy, Dwight Clark, what he basically does is run like, he runs like a deep curl in the back of the end zone, and, and then when he doesn't get back. it originally, he goes back along the end line to the direction you see in the so catch. So it's like a levels concept. So Montana's rolling out, and he's going, do I have the quick throw? Okay, do I have Dwight Clark on the curl? Oh, it's not there. Let me buy time, because he's going to come along the back line the end zone, and I'm going to throw it high in the back, and because if it's, he gets it, great. If not, no one it, else it goes gets out it. of bounds, right? And that's something that, uh, that, of course, I didn't really learn that part until I got to New England. New England was the only team, Josh McDaniels, where it was high in the back, low in the front. That's their that's their red zone. Their motto. So if you're throwing in the front low, low, you'll see like Julian Edelman on the ground catching it as he just you're rolls right, into the goal line. It gets tipped it up. It gets tipped up. Back in the end zone, it's Gronkowski or Damn, that's Amand- good shit, or Amendola at the end of the AFC Championship Jacksonville. game. Jacksonville, right? High in the ends, right? Because oh, if it goes off his hands, bam, it bounces into the out of bounds of the crowd. There's no interception. It's smart coaching that other teams don't think about. It's little details where New England's ahead of the curve. Yeah, once that again. goes into the six and a half step drop instead of the seven step drop. Right, but just. 
teaching quarterbacks, and now I'm curious when I watch Jacoby Brissett and I watch Garoppolo too, is that going to be ingrained in it them? It will be. It will Low be. Low in the front, high in the back. It will be, because you start to realize. It's, go, it's a mullet. It, it, exactly. It's a mullet philosophy. Exactly right. And those are the things like New England and Denver, I used to drive me crazy because they would always cheat practice, how I talked about how, you know, you look at the schedule and you go, oh, practice is only an hour and a half. That's not bad today. But we got ten Ten individual yep. drills. Yeah, and meanwhile, there's know, a whole drill on low cool, in the front. Yeah, it'd be cool down period. The practice is over and you think, oh, great. Oh, we got a cool down period. Oh, yeah? Yeah, Sims, line up with the five. All the receivers, line all below the back line. We're going to just throw balls high in the back of the end zone. And you go, damn, this wasn't on the schedule, but yeah, they I got another. Yeah, I thought cool down was drinking right, water. Right, right, Maybe a light stretch right. in the middle of the field. It just made me think about something. Yeah. When I go to the gym mm-hmm. and I'm working out with a trainer, mm-hmm. I use the water fountain as like, that's like, that's my eight seconds to get away, to like get away from him and just be like, I need, I need another break. Yeah. Do you get that? Like, like at, at, like, can you be like, I need a water break, coach? Like, does oh, that happen at, at in football pra- practice? At, yeah, at, well, like training camp. There's so many people around to keep you hydrated now because they don't so want you people don't even cramping. Get that moment. You, you don't just even, squirting water in your face. It's like constant. It's like you get done with a rep, and as you're truly walking back to talk, coach, like somebody's there to like. You, you don't even you, have to hold the bottle yourself. They just squirt, squirt in your, in your nose. Yeah. Or even if you're standing on the bed, they have the water cows in the back, right? The water cows with all the and you just spray you it, spray it in, in yeah. your mouth real well, quick. Well, after what and happened with Corey Stringer, everyone was going to be hydrated. Exactly right. My question was more: Is there any Way to get away for ten seconds. Oh, during, is there any way to like kind of step away and be like, mm, or like if you like move your shoulder, they could be like, go to the what's trainer wrong with you. No, yeah, like not necessarily. Yeah, there's no way to take a break. No, it's it's you're right. There's really no way. No, especially a quarterback. It's it's pretty hard to get that break. Your break is your stretch period. Like you're stretching. Here we go to start practice. Get your mind right, or have your few laughs in. I mean, I like I've told you before. I think I've told this before. I've never been more nervous in my life than my first full day, two a day practice with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, I can still remember it. See it playing in the day. I'm sweating like a mother effer, and I'm just it's pouring off me, and I'm hyperventilating, and I'm talking to myself, going, "Damn, I mean." I played against Oklahoma last year and the year before, and it was two versus three and one versus two, and I'm more nervous about practice today. That's uh, and that's where you have your chance to kind of get your shit straight. I forgot. Sorry. There was one other thing that I posted, so I went back and I found the video of Brian Westbrook's play oh. against the Tampa Bay Bucks. Man. Uh, it's liter- It's really incredible. Uh, Gosh. Third down and six. 50 seconds left. Throws a dump off, four yards. He makes six people miss and then outruns everybody else with a touchdown. He's so good. Yeah. But the thing that caught a lot of people's attention Could you is see I me? found this oh, on Bruce. the game broadcast. Yeah. Oh, yep. There it is. Me and, and Luke McCown. And they were saying. Look how skinny I look. How many pieces of gum did you have in your mouth? That's what everyone oh. saying. Everyone's saying Chris is on his Pete Carroll. You're just sitting there like, oh, <laughs> just chomping away. Yes, I don't. I don't. I don't even. You eat a shitload of gum now. That's what I mean. I don't put one piece in my. If I'm gonna have gum, it's like we're going five or six deep. He's. Can you imagine? You're like, hey, can I get a piece of gum? And he's like, oh, I here's the whole your pack. pack. And I was like, I had six pieces. That's left. the problem with the NFL too, though. And the sideline, they have big drawers of gum, bazooka, and this is a double problem? bubble. No, but you're just like, I, if you're not playing, I mean, I'm stuffing my pockets with it. I'm just throwing them in all game long. Oh, this piece is losing a little juice. Let me throw another bubble type. By you know, what was bazooka your number one? There. Gum? 
Um, I feel like it was either bazooka if the team had it, but more time double bubble was the bubble double bubble. Any yeah. gum divas you ever played with who were like, I need bazooka. Enough with the double bubble. <sighs> Guys had their preferences, but I felt like that always came down to the to the juicy fruit spearmint mm. or double mint. Got it. That I was like, when like oh, I'm a juicy fruit guy. That's all I do. Just give me those yellow ones over there, and you throw them a few packs. Those right. are great. Yeah. I remember, man, my dad used to like Trident. And I was like, that's bullshit. <laughs> what are you doing, Bruce? Yeah, <laughs> Trident, Trident. Are Trident. I, um, the best one I ever saw, I got to go out in the Yankee Stadium as a little kid and catch batting practice in the outfield because of Willie Randolph's son, right? Yeah. And the gum and candy they had in the dugout. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I was in a sugar Big coma. Big League Chew was the best. Oh, just, just never-ending supply of it. I think the craziest thing about Big League Chew is they tried to make it usable for children to get them used to <laughs> Dip, put, uh, dipping in jaw in there. Yeah. All right, so it is time for, whoa, big offseason. Hey. Uh, and before I get going, uh, we were talking in, our, in a show meeting about kind of taking, whoa, big offseason to the next level. Uh, and I don't know if you guys are subscribed to the Sims and Lefko newsletter. we got a few hundred people that are, and it's a cool place where it's a collection of of what we're going to have the link for the shirts there, any new news that we have, and also stuff. But the guy that kind of puts it all together is, is Max Wheeler. We call him Wheels. Uh, and he wrote something for me to take uh, – uh, whoa, big off season to the next level. So he listened to our whoa, big off season on Monday. Uh, I love wheels. And and here's some some whoa, big off season uh, today. What if I told you that one man's legs could shock a nation, that thunderous thighs and giant calves would make crowds roar, and that legs Benedict isn't just a breakfast food? <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. What if I told you? That a man could fly and leap tall defenders in a single bound. What if I told you that size does matter? Simpson Lefko presents a Woe Big Offseason film, Saquads, coming to a practice field near you, <laughs> August 2018. Man. So I think what we're going to do now, <laughs> now, like we're talking about decorating our pod area. Saquon's legs need to be in here. So just a picture of Saquon's quads. Something. It, the golf picture. The golf, the golf picture. Or yeah. the other one I saw earlier this week where he's got the ball in practice. I think the one that like OBJ tweeted at, yes. that one picture. I mean, he looks like he's got an extra head on his leg and one of the quad muscles. I Somebody mean, it, was saying that Tony Dorsett had famously big legs and ass. He, he did. He had some great legs and ass. I don't know if they were quite this thick because he was a got, small you think guy. Saquon had, do you think Saquon has bigger legs than Jim Brown? Yes. Jim Brown. I know. Well, because gyms were big for that day and age, but this is a different day Jim and age. Jim Brown made lacrosse change the rules because he would stick the stick between his pecs yes. and you could hit him and nothing would happen. Yes. I think he's a naturally bigger Do- man. I don't think he's quite as muscular dense as Saquon. Man, all you got to do is look at Saquon power clean 400 whatever pounds. I mean, that's disgusting. It's incredible. 400 pounds? I mean, that's insane to be able to take that off the floor, get underneath it, and then stand up with it. But the the real point is that in an NFL locker room where legs and ass are a plenty, okay? Yes. And this guy has carved himself out as Mr. Legs and Ass already in the Giants locker room. It, it tells you that even in there, guys are going, holy you crap. You they're saying? That's some... Whoa! Whoa. Big off Big quads. Big quads. Uh, 
No, so I think Wheels will do this. He's going to listen to us break down Whoa Big Off season, and he might come back with a you know a little thirty for thirty treatment on the ones that are really good. Way to go, Wheels! He said the Mahomes one got his brain thinking. That got him thinking. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's get to the new ones for today. Uh, this is a quick one. Whoa, Big Off season. Baker Mayfield saw Josh Gordon and quote, "I've never seen anybody like him." <laughs> That's like the Josh Gordon response. It I is. feel like that's every offseason someone says that about yeah. Josh Gordon. Is that surprising to you? That's what I said when I first saw him in person. For me, I don't. Th- to me, this isn't news. No. A whoa big offseason if Baker was like, Josh Gordon? Nah, Man, I've seen plenty of We had of four him. of them in Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, of course he's never seen anybody like that. No. Ask him the question about Miles Garrett. He's going to say the same thing. No, even the Julio Sterling Jones. Sterling Shepard was really big. <laughs> yeah, right. Like Julio Jones and the A.J. Greens of the world who are really impressive in person, they don't see stack up to what Josh Gordon looks like in person. It's pretty shocking at first. It really is. You just are like, gosh, damn, that's a big guy. Think about that Browns team. So you have Miles Garrett on defense. You got uh, Josh Gordon on offense. Even though we're not the biggest fans of him as a football player, Jabil Peppers and the way he's built, like mm-hmm. in David Njoku, yeah. like they have a lot of guys. They got some studs. They do. Super Emmanuel studs. Ogba's a stud. stud. I mean, Christian Kirksey. They just got Michael Kendricks. I mean, he's a stud. Uh, Jamie Collins Joe is there. Joe Thomas said that they're going to win eight games next year. Uh, I think they're going to be... I think they're going to be anywhere in that four to eight range. It's going to be how they handle some fourth quarter situational football. That and uh, I want to see the offensive play calling. Yeah, because if Hughes really giving it up, I have a lot more faith that Todd will do than it. Todd, right? Uh, all right. The other one though from the Browns. This is such a good whoa big off season. Hugh Jackson intends on withholding stripes atop the helmets until guys have made the 53-man roster. Whoa. Quote, there's a certain way that the Cleveland Browns have to play, and we're going to, quote, earn our stripes. Whoa, big offseason. The Browns are now a high school football team. Does this motivate an NFL player? It's like a cool thing when it's all set. You're not motivated by it. I think but the Lions right now are practicing without that Lions the, on their the helmets. Lions, right, wait, wait, first thing is, like, am I stupid? Wait, do the Browns have a stripe on their helmet? Right down the middle, right? Yeah. They do for sure? I'll pull up a picture. Let's see. Oh, you're thinking it's a complete orange Are they look? adding the, the stripe this year? That's all I'm trying to say, I guess. <laughs> I, I, yeah, no, they do have a stripe. I'm stupid. You're right. They do have the stripe. <sighs> yes, totally have Talk the stripe. Talk about a controversy. They didn't have the stripe. <laughs> my, my question is, though, as a player, yeah. do you see the gimmick bullshit in this? Yeah, I, Yes, you do. Uh, you don't really care as a whole. It, it's just another little thing to, you know, again, change the culture, make it a little more, more special, that when you do make the team to go, oh, okay, it's official now, here's our team, doesn't really mean a lot to a lot of the guys. No, it's not a big deal. Yeah. Um, it's... Uh, it's a whoa big offseason. It's exactly start. right. I mean, it's yeah. There was teams that I was a part of. Like, I want to feel like uh, we did that one year at Texas, where you had to like earn your Longhorn, and right? Little things like Nebraska's that. Nebraska's obsessed with that earning your right. black shirt. Right. You don't get it. like not like the cool thing about Nebraska is you could leave Camden one like Indomitian Sue's the only guy with a black shirt, yes. and you're like, damn. Like when I see a college game and there's teams with like millions of decals, I think you guys need to step up what you think a good play is. Yeah. I get that. You Except know? for Ohio State. I'm usually, the, those teams lately, I'm like, damn, they're really good, and they all make a lot of good plays. <laughs> they all deserve <laughs> the buck. There's like 12 pros on that team every year. All right. Whoa, 
unleash the Nagy. Nagy was asked about his offense and how is it going to be different than the Chiefs. And he said it's going to be different in some regards, but really the identity is going to be the same. But this is where it turned into a woe. Coach Reed always said he had 51% of the say, so ultimately he had final say. Now I have that. There are plays I like that Coach Reed didn't like, and now those plays are in. Whoa. Whoa. Big offseason. the plays that Reed wouldn't let (laughs) Nagy run? (laughs) Trubisky's running the super secret Nagy plays. They, They have, you know, coaches... As we've talked about a million times, can be stuck in their ways with certain things. And Andy Reid might have some few schemes where he goes, we only run this scheme when we get this coverage, right? And Matt Nagy might be going, why? Because this scheme works against this coverage, too. Why are we canceling out this great play? And... Coach Andy Reid, you know, this is the way we did it in Green Bay in 1993 when I was in Brett Favre, and we're not going to change. Yeah. You know, they have their certain ways about them. I can, you know, I remember instances in my life where coaches had these conversations with people. But, yeah, I'm sure Matt Nagy is going to have a few things that we didn't see and a few concepts that he probably was wanted to be aggressive with, and Andy was like, I don't feel comfortable with it. But- I love – when this is in business, like I love when Bleach Report hires somebody that was overqualified for their last job and wasn't able to do all of their ideas because then when they can come to a place like Bleach Report, they could blossom. Same thing with coaches. Mm-hmm. I love the Kyles, the McVeighs, the McDaniels, the Nagies that are under traditional coaches. Yes, and they're waiting to blossom. And like when you read the stories of they had a whole playbook of things they've been saving, waiting to use. Like you used to talk about Kyle, and I don't know if I'm allowed to say the coach's name, but uh, Don't say it, but go ahead. Just keep going. He wasn't. He he would never be allowed to run certain plays, and Kyle kept that in a certain part of his notebook and was like, "I can't wait to run these." Right, right. There, there's there's a number of like I can think of ex coach friends who had these little arguments or whatever it may have been. They might have been the quarterback coach at the time and go, "No, this play is good," and then they got to become the offensive coordinator and they did it. We all get older. Right. We all become uncool. Right. I learned that at Governor's yes. Ball this weekend. I'm no longer Governor a 21 years old. Right. I looked around and I was like, you need to be more mature. Stop drinking so much. And I was like, what is going on to me? Someone like Gruden. Yeah. Gruden was the young kid. Gruden was this super young offensive coordinator right. that became a coach. Right. So eventually, he's going to look at his young people and go, this doesn't work. Right. Was he like that, or was he open to anything? He was open to it. If you showed results, he was open to it. So even though Gruden might have been like, well, we only run this play against this coverage, if he started to notice on film that other teams are running this same play against He's another coverage, it. he'll go, you know what, yeah, that does make sense. Okay, let's, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna change our outlook on this play, and if we get two of these, either this coverage or this coverage, right. we'll run the play. If we don't, then we'll change Gruden, it. Gruden, to me, feels like the perennial young guy. Yeah. Like he's always yeah. wanting to be young at heart. He never wants to get old. I would agree with that statement. All right. Last. Whoa. Big, big offseason. Off whoa. This is so big. Mm-hmm. Carson Wentz, our good friend Chris Mortensen, dropped a monster whoa. One, quote, people inside the Eagles were somewhat skeptical. I'm hearing that Wentz is not just ahead of schedule. He's way ahead of schedule. He participated in 7-on-7. Seven seven. He threw a ball 60 yards last week effortlessly. If I saw that, I'd look up in the air and say, whoa. Gosh. <laughs> 
Well, his, the way he was throwing the ball in pregame of the Super Bowl on one leg, I was like, gosh damn, that's better than half the league right there. His legs are fast. He's stronger. He's not just head of schedule. He is shockingly ahead of schedule. Whoa, big offseason. That is big. Is it? Yeah, I mean, it is. To be able to say that, I mean, hey, okay, yeah, he tore his ACL. Look, he's getting more reps than Andrew Luck is right now. I mean, that's that's big. It is. I never know if if they're trying to motivate the guy, if they're trying to make the fan base feel better. Uh, I still think this is you don't get rid of Nick Foles because no. in case Wentz can't go, we're trying to repeat, get him in there for the first few weeks of the year. It'll right. be great. But you don't think that this can maybe be overhyped? Like you know, more. No, I think this is. I think yeah, more. I don't think more would. More is the kind of guy that I mean, he might have heard it from a player or two, but he got it confirmed with coaches or the owner or the GM. It's somebody really important, the head coach, whatever it is. And I think that that would be a thing that coaches would tell him more because not they're not. This is not a propaganda thing. They're truly amazed. They're like, damn, this this damn kid, I'll tell you what. Like he, when Adrian Peterson was Right, rehabbing. he tore his ACL for my, he and he's just like been here. Months. He's been here for 24-7, and here he is. He's, you know, outdoing all what we thought he could do. And then, of course, what's the number one thing that's driving him? I mean, damn, he doesn't want Nick Foles to start week one. Mm. That's all he's waking up about every day. He's going, got to start week one. <sighs> got to get to the, got to get to the facility. Got to start rehab. Got to do what I got to do. Can't let that happen. That's the guarantee. It's the first thought in his brain as he rolls over to get out of bed in the morning. The number one thing is Nick Foles can't let him start week one. I got to be the guy. Don't want to have to deal with this shit for my career. Random out of left go field that I just thought about. Yeah. This one's really out of left go field. Yeah. Hurting his leg was the best thing that's ever going to happen to Carson Wentz for the Eagles. And here's why. Okay. There is no pressure now on him as the quarterback of the Eagles. We have our Super Bowl ring. That's true. We are not starving. We are not. And and even if he plays well, we're okay. Mm -hmm. Number two. I'm we say, were worried I, about okay. the long part of his career, right. him playing reckless and maybe having something happen later on. Another good but point. Now You're right. It happens when he's super young, his body is able to hear, heal faster, yep. and it's actually better that it happens now, and it could change the way he plays in the future and making him have more longevity. Agreed. And also, three, with him, the leader of the team, being so hyper-motivated to get back, the thing that you worry about as a fan of a Super Bowl winner is complacency. With him in there fighting tooth and nail, it's impossible to be complacent because the leader is hungrier than anybody on the team. All great points. And he still, in his own mind, wants to prove something's wrong with Nick Foles. But the cool thing is, is most Eagles fans will tell you, we would have won that game with Carson Wentz. Yeah, they do. It seems like they have a great grasp on reality, yes. the Eagle fans, about this situation. So I kind of think that Carson Wentz busting up his leg could be the best thing that's ever happened to Eagles fans. It could be. I, I, I you're, All those points were spot on. I, the only way I would push back just from being in the mental aspect of a player to Please. where I look at Wentz and just go, this is the one thing that could be bad about it, is that he puts too much pressure on himself now. Because he's going to uh, i got to be able to prove I can win a Super Bowl. Kind of sounds like it. that's what's happening to Andrew Luck. So that's what I mean. It can become that. That would be the only negative I could look at that. But other than that, I think everything else you said is pretty spot on, and I would think that they're really true for the most part. I, I have never been more impressed with a quarterback. I mean, this is a guy that held a softball game and raised over $800,000 for charity, mm-hmm. launches a food truck giving away food. Ahead of, like, He's exhausting. He's too good. He's, he's like, exhausting. It's like him and J.J. Watt. I look at those guys sometimes just go, 
I don't get how they do it. Russell I, Wilson's in there too. Yeah, exactly right. Guys, I don't know how they guys do it. that I could never, ever, ever comprehend living no. that life, but I'm super happy that I get to experience watching. Yeah, them. it's amazing. I would be more like the the Brady type guy, right? Like, so you don't put Brady in the same envelope no Brady, as them? no, because like Bra- they're exhausting themselves along these lines all the time. Brady just does like one or two great events all year, but I think he's so focused on his job and he's so probably paranoid about it all the time that it's exhausting to him. Carson Wentz, Russell Wilson, J.J. Watt win a game where they're incredible, and then the next day they're at a hospital, right? And you're like, and Tom Brady is like, I need my rest, yeah, right. I'm I need to my, clear my mind. I'm not trying to say I'm anything. Treat myself with this one right. blue. Exactly. He's an amazing, and, he, and I'm not trying, I hope nobody's trying to interpret this the wrong way because he's amazing, especially the little football thing he does at Harvard Stadium every year for the, I think it's cancer. It's a great cause. Yeah. yeah but it's just, Gronk does things too. He right. shaves his head for charity. Right. It's great. But these guys are nonstop. Nonstop. It's every day. I'm amazed by it. The energy, the ability to always do it. I mean, I know I would go crazy as an athlete because I would also always just be like, you know, oh, is this going to make me tired? Is this going to make me worse at practice? Right? And they continue to show that it affects their performance at nothing at all. It's but. like they're being propelled by a higher power. <laughs> Something like that. Maybe they are. <laughs> I think that Carson was, Wentz is a saint. That was the rare woe big offseason that actually didn't deserve to be mocked. You started with the Carson Wentz stuff, and Chris was like, no, this well, is that's all what, actually what you true. Do is that, the way that I look at Woe Big Offseason is I am presenting something that fulfills all the qualities of Woe Big Offseason. Right. It looks too good to be true. Like, I didn't include this one. Kenny Galladay is, quote, looking like a veteran. Ooh. Like, Woe Big Offseason. I mean, it's his second year. Yeah. Like, to me, that didn't make the cut. But that is a Woe Big Offseason where people are just like, oh, let's overreact to this. He was like, Woe Big training camp, too, last year, if you remember. Kenny always, Galladay, always. right? All right, so now uh, just amazing quotes. I have three really great quotes. Are we calling Phil? Phil Sims? I mean, yeah, let's call him. You want to call he, him he now? Said he's, Yeah, sure, let's call him. Right, go let's on. call Phil go ahead, Let's see. Damn. Let's see if he actually answers. We went longer than I thought. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> Conversations well, are we, good. Well, Big Phil said he can't do it today. Yeah, but, you know, he doesn't get any time off. This is Again, this is not OTA. We're, we we've been in we've been in mid season form now for, for a yeah, few there's weeks. No, yeah, there's no off season of podcasting. I know. I mean, there's never a day off with podcasting. Are you calling or what are you doing over there? I'm texting people. Oh, you're not paying no. attention. All right. No. Well, we'll just wait for the ring in our ears here. There it is. Ooh. Which uh, all right. So this is this could be the voice. We might have to yell during the voicemail, right? <laughs> so I don't hear his number since the people know there's a three in his number somewhere. <laughs> I can't believe he's bowing out. I know. He's got nothing to do either. He's the like the most fakest non busy busy guy you've ever seen in your life. Your call has Get ready been to yell. To an should we should we call system. back with a star six seven? Sims. At the tone, please record your message. Good job, guys. When you've finished recording, you may hang up or press one for more options. Hey, big fucker! What's up, man? It is uh, Wednesday, and uh, apparently to be a podcast. Yeah, didn't want to come on. Thanks for supporting your son's show. Appreciate Uh, that. Just so you know that there is a five thousand dollar fine for not showing up. This is not OTA. This is (laughs) mandatory training camp. (laughs) And uh, I don't know. We were going to do a forty nine er versus a Steeler today. Yep. But uh, you're not here. Now you're not here. Sorry. You got anything to say? I got nothing. I hope you're playing ping pong. That's what he's. Yes, that's what he's doing. He's probably down in the basement practicing. Yes. Thank you. Well, 
hopefully you show up to the ping pong match because you didn't show up today. Nope. Thanks. Phil, Thanks. love you a lot, pal. We miss you. See ya. Hang uh, up on that guy. Yeah, hang up on that guy. Damn. I know. Big Phil. Oh, oh. What sucks is I had a question. And actually, I'm going to ask you. We'll ask see, me. Yeah. I'll, I'll see if you see if know the answer. answer. And if not, we'll get Phil the next time. Okay. Uh, this was from Instagram One. We heard him earlier. Uh, Instagram. Big podcast for Instagram One. He said uh, he had a story that his high school football coach used to tell and that all the guys on the team didn't believe him and he used to tell it. So here's the story. Yeah. Once he told our team that his college team, the, the high school coach, played for Tennessee Martin. And they played against Big Phil and the Moorhead State Eagles. And he said that Phil couldn't handle their defense, throwing multiple interceptions and getting sacked many times. Sounds like And Phil. he would end the story with, quote, We hit him so much that he left the game on a stretcher. After that day, Phil Sims never wanted to come back to Martin, Tennessee. <laughs> Do you think that sounds true? I mean, uh I mean, getting sacked and throwing interceptions in Moorhead State. I mean, I know there were some years there where they weren't good. Yeah, they were like really like bad. three and eight maybe his last year or something like that. Okay. I mean, something. So yeah, he got his butt whooped by a lot of football teams. So all right, so I'll I, save I don't, that for the next yeah, time he's back. You can ask him about that. I doubt the stretcher thing is real. I don't think so. I think you know he survived Reggie College game. He survived Reggie White. I think he's okay at Tennessee Martin. That's what I thought. Yeah, too. Uh, but but yeah, you never know. I don't know his Moorhead State teams. I mean, he talks about it. And they weren't very good. Uh, it's amazing. How many times, you know, I always think about, yeah, you're the number seven pick in the draft. You went to some crappy college and you still got picked at number seven. How'd you do that? It's, you know, I, and then in high school, he wasn't on any good high school teams either. If you think about it now, Phil Sims comes out in the draft now. Moorhead State, three and eight. Interceptions oh. out the wazoo. No His completion percentage. All he does is throw a deep It'd ball. It'd be all the Carson Wentz, Joe Flacco. Which is funny when Howie Rose was Josh at the Business School yeah. and they were asking about Carson Wentz. He said, Carson Wentz didn't work for any of our models. The only comparison that we had in our database was maybe Phil Sims. Ah. He said that. Yeah. He goes, because it's one double A. Right. And how do you even yeah. cha- like compare those metrics? Right. But yeah. It's it, hard. I know. That's why. That's when it comes down to you have to be able to just evaluate the player, the player by himself, and have a good eye for the things that you need at that position. Would you say that uh, Phil Sims was like Carson Wentz? Was he starting free food trucks and going around to hospitals? Definitely not. He would, he's probably too scared of Bill to do that. Like, that's, that's, uh, he would never. I mean, dad was. Always Wait, charitable. Bill Belichick would be uh, Bill Parcells, Parcells would be upset that oh, you're he, volunteering. He, he was he'd be scared, I think, to do anything too much in the public or the headlines. He didn't want to over ever overdo it because then I think he was afraid Bill would use that against him in some some shape Man. or fashion. Fascinating. The other thing, you know, what was amazing after we had the conversation last week. I, we talked about, you know, I think with my dad, like where he was talking about, like Bill Walsh came to Morehead State, right? And, yes. Oh, beautiful, nice throw. He went on a story later that night, just telling me about other teams and how many teams. It's actually what I was going to tell him to say today, because he talked about all these stories. And what jumped out to me about the story is how much more hands-on the coaches were at that time. And he looked, and he stopped when I said it, and he goes. You know, you're right. They were. I mean, it was the coaches would catch balls for me during workouts. He tells a story of Joe Gibbs coming down and they're just having a catch together. And then Joe Gibbs just goes, just move back a few yards. Start throwing me some real ones. And my dad says he threw him like 15 balls. And Joe Gibbs said, I'm good. I've seen enough. And that was it. And it's just amazing, right? Because that's the way, or, you know, like he talked with the Bill Walsh, but yep. 
I do think there was more of a hands-on experience at that day and age than my, there is now. My mind immediately went to the Belichick video with the NC State right. defensive lineman, but you don't, we don't really see videos like that. That's why everyone was so surprised when it came yes, out, because yes. like, look at Belichick in there. He's working out with the guys. He's like talking to him. It's funny, too, because now we've turned into analytics and studying film, and we have to have experts and gurus and all that stuff. And I, I think it's like a lot of companies that started 40 years ago. Well, how, how did you know that you, you wanted to do this? It's like just gut feeling. Yeah, gut feeling. I was good people, at my job. And some people like the Joe Gibbs and the Landry's and, and the, yeah, right. the Lombardi's, they just had it. And there was no, how can we make this a right. system? It was... We have Joe Gibbs. Right. We don't I've been need around this my whole life. I, feel I know like this. The main image in my mind of coaches during the offseason now is Pete Carroll in a press box at the combine. Just like kick back, watching, exactly. looking right. down on the field. Standing on the, the combine. Side, but yes. Yes. You guys process the information right. and then give me and the then tell me. Yeah. Right. Uh, all right. So my favorite quotes, I have three really, really good ones. Uh, we're going to start off actually with Vernon Davis talking about Alex Smith and scars. Mm. He says, you can tell by an individual's scars, right? Based on their scars, that's how they're able to be successful. Alex has been through so much. So many scars. So many offensive coordinators being traded from San Francisco. A lot of scars. And this is my favorite part. The reason he's successful is not by accident. It's supposed to be, it's inevitable. So Vernon Davis is looking at Alex Smith and going, he has been through so much. He went on to say that Alex Smith looks better now than he ever has. Remember, this is Vernon Davis that played with Alex Smith in San Francisco. Yeah, loved him. And now he is seeing him. Think about this from Vernon Davis. He is seeing Alex Smith before, and now he is feeling compelled to talk to us about scars. He must, Alex Smith must have a look in his eye that is so different now than young Alex Smith that Vernon Davis is going, this man has been through a lot. Yep. Like, it's almost like Mad Max, where like you look at people and like, what have you been through? Yeah. Alex Smith must look older or weathered or tired That's or his boy. Angry. Remember, remember, Vernon Davis was not happy when they went to Kaepernick. Remember? I do remember. Right? So because he, because Alex Smith and Vernon were, they had a connection, and that was kind of like his safe target. Like, oh, I'm in trouble. I'm going to always go to Vernon. Uh, so and there's then, obviously respect Kaepernick there. Kaepernick went to Crabtree a lot. Exactly. And then, of course, he could run, so that was meant less balls to Vernon, and there seemed like there was, I don't know, frank, friction. But, you know... Um, there's definitely a relationship there. Yeah, Alex Smith has been slighted a few times. Certainly, uh, I, I I won't dispute that. But I would also, but the notion this is where I would dispute. He got a free six years of the NFL without getting any scars. I mean, or I don't even know how you want to put it, but he didn't do crap his first six years. Yes, and he got to hang around because he was the first pick of the draft. Right, right. So. Um, I guess what I'm saying Not is... Not everyone gets that chance. Exactly right. And you just got to take it both ways. It's never perfect. There's only been like 12 guys in the history of the sport that have had perfect careers. I mean, I'm so. trying to think who are some other guys that started off and we were like, bus, 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 and then they were able to turn it around. Oh, gosh. there's a. I, I have these guys in my head. I'm going to choke under the pressure right now. Yeah, he is... Cert- you have to have that answer. Cert- I know. But it, well, it's my argument with first-round picks all the time. That's my problem with first round picks. Like, like the, let's just say the kid from Alabama, the the running back, Derrick Henry. I know the other one, Richardson, who's out of the league. Yes, I mean he got to play for nine different teams. It was like, man, the first three all thought he sucked and got him out of there in like three months. But 
he was the number three pick, and we had a grade on him. So we're going to bring him in. And we then just we're saw this offseason. Who else? Hackenberg. Yeah, exactly right. That's the fact that the team was yes. like, I'll take a shot on right. him. Like, what? Right. Yeah, you're right. Arian so, Foster, though, like, you better make it right away, undrafted free th- agent. There's this extreme pressure there. All right, here's another quote that I really, really like. Uh, Melvin Ingram pulling a Bill Withers. So Melvin Ingram did a Super Bowl prediction. Happens every offseason. Someone says they're going to win the Super Bowl. It was Malik Jackson last year with us. Honestly, next guest we have on probably won't be Gronk. It'll be someone else. We're going to get someone and go, hey, you're going to win the Super Bowl? They're going to go, yes. We're going to go, awesome. Let's yeah. put that on a quote card. Put it on Instagram. It's going to spoon. But my favorite part is he was obsessed with the word grind. So I think it's going to be crazy. This Super Bowl we're going to win, we're ready. We're grinding. We're just going to keep grinding. We're going to grind, 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 no matter what. Keep grinding no matter what. We've got to bring a Super Bowl. Not since Bill Withers have I heard someone repeat it. So if you know Ain't No Sunshine... I've known this for a long time. Bill Withers says, I know 26 times. Because when I was younger, I loved that song, and he would grind it. So for me, Melvin Ingram was coming here going, we're going to grind, 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 grind. I love the Chargers. I love the I Chargers. It's Anthony Lynn. That's who was talking right there. That's Anthony Lynn. It's not Melvin Gordon. I was going to say, did someone put that in his brain? It's, Melvin, it's, that word? it's Anthony Lynn. It's the kind of guy he is. Like, we're going to go back to the drawing board. We're going to work harder. We're going to be better. We're going to do this better. It's, he's a true grinder, Anthony Lynn. There's no shortcuts. He's, There's uh, no BS. Big time C. Big time C. <laughs> big time C on the disc assessment. Yeah, we'll yes. explain disc assessments later. Um, but yes, he, he is. And yeah, I'm with you, man. Are the Chargers overhyped, properly hyped, or not getting enough hype? No, I think they're properly hyped. I think they're the team. Like, what, what, what are they being hyped at? Just the general consensus. Everybody going watch out the watch out team. They in the are AFC, the right? watch out team of the NFL. I think that's true. I mean, I think you and I felt that way about them at the end of the season last year. We kept we were kind of rooting for them to get in the playoffs because we said they could be a team that could make things hard on New England. We wanted to see good football, so we like that. And damn, they got Pouncey back. They got the kid Lamb. They just got Pouncey, not back. Pou- yeah. I mean, Pouncey. They got the kid Lamb, who was yep. the first round, who got hurt last year. Yep. He didn't even get to play. You got a Derwin James. I know they lost Hunter Henry, but you know Jason Verrett wasn't out there last year. You got to remember that. They're going to have so, uh, the linebacker healthy for the entire year. Yes. Um, kid from Miami. Yeah. Uh, uh, Perryman. Perryman. Yes. Way to go, Josh. Hey. Yeah. Whoa. ACC right. guy. That's why I know. Yeah. My last favorite quote comes from Joe Witt, the Packers defensive uh, uh, defensive passing game coordinator. Everyone latched on to the quote where he said, we want to remove doubt out of the equation. Mm-hmm. That was the headline that I saw everywhere so that our guys could be more instinctual. Yeah. But when you dove into his quote, he had a line that's great. He says he wants his guys to make plays, want to remove the doubt. You quote, you cannot tell the difference between a confused player and a coward because they both move slowly. Love that. That's a great confused player and a coward. Yeah. So he was saying we need them to know the plays because right now they look like cowards, but they're not cowards. They're just confused. Great quote. Great quote. It Love really is. That. You're right. There's no difference at that point in the state. You're not sure. You're go, you know, is he unsure of himself or is he just afraid to go over the middle? You know, whatever it may be. But yes, you can't you can't show your true physical ability unless you're in a comfortable state of mind. 
right? I mean, I think it goes for anything, right? I mean, whether it's your work, Josh, or Adam. I mean, when you're we're here at Bleacher Report, we're comfortable. We can let our true yeah. colors shine through. Um, it's the same thing in sport. It's it's so especially at wide receiver. Wide receivers can be mentally locked to where you could go, damn, this guy runs 4-4 when I just go over the field and we throw together with each other and I tell him what route to run, but then we get into practice and, you know, he's jogging because he's always thinking. He just can't let it go, and, and that's what happens. Uh-oh, big offseason's coming here. Whoa, big offseason. I have said this before. I just got an alert from the BR app. Give me a clue. Okay, don't. So tomorrow night, Thursday night. This is football. I'm going to Philadelphia to interview Malcolm Jenkins. Mm. And I'm ex- really excited for it. They want to talk about the Super Bowl, but obviously everything that's happening right now. And we're going to get to the anthem thing, uh, the the anthem policy, After and what I happened in the White your House. Ass is a 49er. I have said this for a long time. Uh, I want to save this for the anthem. Th- I'll just say it right now. I have said, "Oh, what would you rather them do? Well, why don't you talk about it in your pressers?" And I said, "No, we. No, when do you ever see videos of press conferences mm-hmm. or interviews at their lockers? It doesn't happen." I said that someone should not talk at their presser. Malcolm Jenkins did not speak at his locker. He just held up signs about charitable things that his teammates are doing, things like you aren't listening, talking about Colin Kaepernick. He's only holding up signs. You need to think about ways to break the media that are changes that we're not used to. That's how things spread. Malcolm Jenkins is doing that right now. Brilliant. We're going to have more on, on the anthem in a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, uh, man, Malcolm Jenkins. Good time for that alert. I have a feeling, I'm going to ask this to Malcolm tomorrow, if he's planning on running for office when he's done. He could do it. Because I, I think that he might be a guy that ends up really going far in politics. I agree. He's doing ride-alongs. He's like like with police officers to better understand it. Like, like you're only doing that if you're going to run for governor. He's got it all. Yeah. Yeah, he really does. Um, all right. So you want to have a mascot battle? <laughs> Draw a line. That's going to be the weirdest one yet. Everyone take a deep breath. I don't even have great arguments on this one, so I don't even know where I'm going. So I'm fine we're going to let, let Josh kind of weigh in at the end. Yep. I'd like you to kind of run it. I don't then, get to make the decision. Though. I think we're going to go okay. to the fans, yep. and we're going to go on Twitter. Typical exclusion of Josh from yep. Mascot Battle. That's the no surprise like there. So, Josh, uh, would you like to start off with Sims or myself? Uh, oh, man. I'll start off with uh, I'll start off with Sims today. Ooh. Okay. So you are going to be a 49er. Well, listen. I'm not afraid. Let's just say that right off the bat. I mean, traveling across the country to improve my family's wealth, improve my state of life, no problem. Deserts, mountains, rivers, whatever it may be, we, we're a determined group of people. The 49er, I mean, we know what we want. There's nothing going to stop us, not the plague or Chloria or anything else. We're going to get to where we need to go. I don't know if that was the proper way to say that word. That Cholera. disease, Cholera, exactly. Cholera. That one. That was the one I was looking for. <laughs> uh, but, man, are we a determined, tough stamina-based group that has our eyes on big prizes, unlike the steel worker who's just willing to take the offer and just bang things for a living and just go, oh, yes, sir, whatever you say, bang, bang, bang. We're worried about 
our own personal wealth and greatness, and we're thinkers. And then we're not a, a like the steel worker. We're not afraid to do the dirty work either. But we just want to be rewarded more. We're not cogs in the system where they just tell us, hey, punch in, punch out. No, we're a little bit more innovative that way. We are looking for gold. We're digging for gold. We have a sharper, blunt uh, instrument. His instrument's kind of blunt, too. I mean, right. if it comes down to it's the a fight, steel beam. it's a steel beam. Mine's a steel pick Pickaxe. with a real sharp thing. And just if it sticks in the head, it's over. He's done, okay? Now, Do you, you feel go- any remorse for mining the earth and not respecting the earth? Uh, no, I don't <laughs> right now because I'm just worried about beating a stealer, okay? okay. Okay. I just wanted to, just yes. a quick follow up. Yes, I, uh, honorable Josh. Yeah, uh, people are there. Yours, Sims and Lefko fans. I, I'd like you just let's just think about the characters we have here. Okay, we have a gold chasing Californian and a soot covered Pittsburgh Yinzer. Well, they weren't Californians, so they got there. But sure, 49ers ran for greed. They couldn't hang. Steelers stayed and built. 49ers dug for money. Steelers dug for their community. Steelers helped invent football outside the mill. So let's just say that they speak to our hearts. He mentions that the 49ers use a pickaxe and the Steelers use a steel beam. Here's what I know, Josh, and everyone out there. As the fight goes on, the pickaxe gets duller. Those swings get slower. The steel beam, still enormous. I think it was Aristotle that once said, fast guys get slower Big guys don't get smaller. That was Socrates. <laughs> that was Simsities. Oh, it was Sims. <laughs> oh, so you've said that? Yes. Well, then I rest my case. But then there's, the, you know, there's the, also the, you know, this is where the other thing goes. Is just uh, uh, we're a little uh, bit of out, uh, uh, we're outside the box dig thinkers. Yourself out of this one, we're neither. smarter outside the box thinkers. To where that's where I think the fight really goes bad for you guys. It's funny because you're I, just I, I think it was actually I think it was actually the philosopher Joe Witt that said we need to stop thinking because you know cowardice and confusion looks the same. So they can think all they want. <laughs> We have a steel beam coming at your skull. Do you just want to? Do we even need to go to the vote? Why? Why would you just do think you, you want Why do you think you've won? Oh, just no, the like people that? need to decide. Why the do you think you just won like that? What point do you think you made that was just because so crushing? Because I know your facial reactions, and you is you're feeling like an L. He's I a mean, little he's a little red right I now. I don't. I didn't give because I'm laughing. This don't worry. <laughs> Two steel beams. That's an L. Right. That's, perfect. That's right not an L. I'll ship it to you. It's not an L. Ship it to you. All right. What's next on this podcast? Where do you think? Oh, though? Yeah, Just give jo- me your Josh, favor. Oh, where where uh, do you think? Who do you think wins that fight? I don't know. To be honest, when Phil is on the phone, it, it's intense. It's angry. People get pissed off. Yeah. You guys were both a little, uh, a little reserved today. I know. I, don't, I really don't think anyone won that. Yeah. I, I will be curious to see what the fans think. What? <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I could take this anymore. I, I, the absolute disrespect that I get during mascot battles. Disres- you want to talk about good. disrespect? I don't think you would win a fight. I think the 49ers just, you know, it's a little more smart of a creative guy. Just, I uh, came in here and I whipped game, both he your game plans. He game plans a system. You know? uh, we have, <laughs> you I haven't been ridiculous. invited back. That's disrespect. <laughs> next week, next oh, week. next week. Yeah, all right. Keep telling um, me that. Uh we have two iTunes comments that I'm really excited to share after this. One other conversation before we get to the. Uh, it's kind of what funny, Steelers and 49ers, though, just how it's like a similar thing and they have like both have great franchises. I don't know. Go ahead. They're similar, like people like and their they, professions. Yeah. But this was a question from Matthew Cole Webb. He is a diehard Raiders fan born in Florida, and he asks, What do we think about people that root really hard for teams that are not their hometown teams? And oh. are we okay with that? I would prefer it not be that way. 
but I understand the world's not perfect, and I can take it from personal example of myself. You know, um, uh, if I was going to be self-scouting myself as a little child, I like the Chicago Bills and Michael Jordan over the New York Knicks or the, the Chicago New- Bills. <laughs> the sh- Coming up tonight on TNT is the Chicago Bills and the New York Knicks. <laughs> Like, what? <laughs> I know. I said Knicks and Nets at the you same time. Uh, Knicks and Nets. But yes, that was a team where I was growing up where it had such a polarizing figure. And I'm, you know, I'm eight years old in 1988. And Michael Jordan scoring 37 points a game. So that jumped out to me. And then I jumped on the bandwagon. Yes. But I, at some point, jumped off it when Michael Jordan ended. So yes, I would say I would prefer you to be a fan of your hometown team. But there's also. Just examples of like, oh, maybe your dad was from that place and he made you watch these games growing up or whatever. So, I mean, I understand it. I I feel this way. I won't let my kids not do that. I feel this way. Whoever you root for, Mm -hmm. just be consistent. Yeah. If you at six years old saw the Raiders and you really went and everyone was giving you shit, but your whole life you've been a Raiders fan, I don't care. Just be consistent. Just don't be like, ooh, you know what? Now that I live in Florida and the Jaguars are good again, I think I'm going to go back. Yeah, yeah, that's annoying. Uh, the most annoying fan to me is this fan. I think you're going to agree with me, right? Is is LeBron James. Who is his favorite baseball team? Yankees. Who is his favorite football team? Cowboys. Right. Those, those are the ones that drive me crazy. Oh, your favorite basketball team's Golden State. Your favorite football team's New England. And then your favorite baseball team is the Yankees. Whoa, wow. you went out on a limb on that one, huh? I yeah. mean, that's the fan that every now and then I just go. I understand it if you're like 13 or below and that's your teams, but that fan can annoy me. At it times. really does say more about your parents than it does you. Yeah, like I refuse to let Philip be. He, he is going to be a Yankees fan. He is going to be a Giants fan. Yeah. And then he's got to pick between the Knicks and the Nets. Right now he's saying the Knicks because he likes Porzingis. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. Knicks Sixers will be an issue so, if I have a child. Right. You know, it's like, oh, I don't know which way we're going. I'm going to have a baby. I'm going to have like eight. It's going to be amazing. I'm a football team. Uh, all right. So to, speaking of personalities, yeah. uh, we, we got our first guest. So let's welcome him in. Sims, I'd like to introduce the first guest ever in the podcast room. Congratulations. What's up? Good Brian to have you. Brian Blake yeah. uh, Turner. He came, uh, what was it, a few months ago? It was uh, last fall, I want to say. And I was very skeptical. Yes. There was this thing called a disc assessment, uh-huh. and it was going to tell you how to be a better coworker, employee, person, and explain to you really who you are. And it's not a test. And why and were you skeptical, Adam? Why? Because I do not believe that answering <laughs> random questions is going to explain <laughs> who I am. random. <laughs> and I'm sure you get this all the time. Oh, yeah. But when I finished... And I think everybody at Bleacher Report finished. Yep. We looked at each other and went, holy crap, was that accurate? And I'm yep. sure you get that all the time, too. Yep. Uh, but the other question I got all the time, Sims, was, what do you think Sims is? <laughs> and I mentioned, I just tell people today, Sims is taking a disc assessment, and they go, oh, my gosh, I need to know. <laughs> so let's first go. All right. So wait. This first was of all, mine. Disc assessments, too. What I would like you to explain yeah, this, sure. what it is, what sure. it does for businesses in the right. workplace, whatever. Go, sure, go ahead. Sure. So again, Brian Blake from Turner People Development. Thanks for having me, guys. Hey, man. Um, the disc assessment is um, not a test, and it's an assessment that looks at workplace behavior and how that behavior influences how, how you communicate uh, with people, how you come across to people, and what to look for so that when you're communicating and interacting with people, you can understand their style and sort of 
communicate and interact in a way that's conducive to their style. Sure. So, so there's some really good capability building, and it's gotten very popular, not only at Bleacher, but across Turner as sure. an organization. Everybody's asking for it. And so, and, and I think the main reason why is it, it's unerringly accurate, and it's fairly easy to do. Yes, yes it know? is. So, and that simplicity really makes it appealing. Did yeah. it feel like the Wonderlick? Uh, it wasn't the Wonderlick. It felt more like the psychological test that teams give you, though. When did now, they give you those? Oh, either at the Combine or the Senior Bowl mm. or on a you know a private visit to the facility. Mm. But uh, the, the, like you said, this was easier mm. when you only have to, what was it, 25? 28 questions. 28 questions, yeah, right? You do it in 15, 20 minutes. Right. The ones the NFL teams give you at times are 250 questions, wow. 150. And you feel like you're answering a lot of these same things like multiple times to where – it was annoying doing that. This one was actually yeah. like, okay, this is moving along pretty quickly, right. and it was making me think a little. I right. want to do this because I, I, I just didn't realize NFL teams were doing this. I feel like a quarterback and a wide receiver, they should take this and feel how to better communicate with yeah, each right. other. Totally. A quarterback and an offensive line, well, that's all that a, stuff. That's what I would like to know. I mean, do you think there is true correlation to like sports being able to use this? And, Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Because at the end of the day, yeah. everyone has different communication styles. Every, you got introverts, you got extroverts, you got everybody's got different communication styles. So the better you can understand it, the better communicator you'll be, the better yeah. you'll wipe out a lot of unnecessary yeah. nonsense trouble. talk right, or exactly. whatever. Right. So this was mine. I was deemed a persuader. Uh, the four categories, D is what? Discipline? Dominance. Dominance. I is influence. Yep. Um, S is steadfast, steadiness. And C, conscientiousness. Right. And, so if and you were an influencer? Or a, a persuader. A, persuader. So a very high so, I. So let me explain yes. that. So I gave you guys what we call the classical... Uh, behavior uh, profile patterns. Okay, and so what this this does is explains how your collection of of where you came out on the disc profile and and the behaviors that come with that fall into certain patterns. And so this document explains what your pattern is. So um, my so favorite the, thing you're was the, it you're said, the persuader, yes, Adam, and, and it said Adam were, may use his verbal abilities to paint vivid word pictures. I remember that, which can make the abstract concrete, bring people together, or finalize an agreement. And I like Ooh. put the paper down, and I was like. What the hell they, is going on? They know me too well. <laughs> this is a test, and there are 28 questions. <laughs> Sir, well, it is. That's what I picture you doing, actually, walking around the offense, uh, office, influencing people with yes. your talk and mm. opening your big mouth. Well, I told mm. Brian before you came in, I said, here's what's weird about Chris. Chris is someone that will come in, and you can't spell HR. You can't spell Chris without HR. Like <laughs> You come in and you yell something, but then you'll also want to be by yourself and like watching film. Yes. And then... You know, you're a little bit, you could be a little bit reckless and be like, I'm going to say what I want, but I also need to eat the same food every I day. Know, I know. So yeah. I didn't know where you were going to fall right. on this chart. So let me say something. Right. Here's the amazing thing about DISC is that, yes, you're, you're indexing higher in certain quadrants than others. Right. But the premise of DISC is that everybody on the earth has elements of all of these and you just have tendencies in certain areas. And... There's a million things, variables that can contribute to that. The role you're in, you know, the environment you work in, the people you work with. It's all types of things. Yep. Um, so, so it's not unusual that you'd think, well, I wouldn't really apply to that person. Well, actually, it does because everyone's got it. It's just a matter of where they fall and where the tendencies tend to. So, to what is out. a typical high D person like? Uh, very driven, very results oriented. Um, 
driven by success. I mean, that that's everything to a high D. Okay. Uh, likes to be in charge. Right. You know, um, things of that nature. How about a high I? High I is relationship driven. Um, you'll find that a lot of salespeople are high I's. Hmm. Uh, I'm a high I. Um, people who, who, who are, are good spokespeople, people who are, you know, are, are, are really excited about um, being, I don't want, I was going to say popular, not popular, but, but like to be well liked. Gotcha. Just, you know, those sure. types of things. What about a high S? High S. So these are your, your steady people. These are people who like harmony. Uh, they like to know what's going on. Um, it's not that they can't deal with change, but they really, really uh, gravitate towards stability. Right. So they can deal with change, but they might need a little, little bit more time than than maybe some of the other groups. And then a high C. High Cs are very data-oriented, very analytical, very logical. Huh. Uh, so my wife's never taken it, but I'd say she's probably a high D and a high C. <laughs> How have you not given – I mean, compatibility, you got to give it to your wife. I, I – you know, I let her make the call. Sam's <laughs> wife is high S for snoring. <laughs> yes. like, I hear that and I go, the, all of those are Sims. Like, that was so my there's issue. something in there. Yeah, like yeah. D, like definitely a high D, but I also think you're an I. And then S, I'm like routine-based. You're Mr. Routine. I am, I know. C, I know. analytical. Like, mm-hmm. I just hear all of that. Right. Yeah. All right, I'm ready. You want to take a look now? Yeah, sure. Let's, let's see. Let's do it. So, Have you seen my results already? My, my I, dream was I, I wanted Brian to come in and go, I've never seen anything like this before. <laughs> and what did I say? You said, I really haven't seen some of these things before. Some Is that these, right? Some of yeah. These yeah. So I'm not, not, yeah. not, not this shakeout. Right. Right. Not with the actual where you came out. This I've seen. Right. What's coming out in the behavior overview, what I've found to be fascinating. Okay. Which part? I want you to read that part. Uh, sure. So I'll Go tell ahead. you what. You take it. I'd rather you, listen if you don't to you. Mind being I'd rather you. Uh, no, okay. please. My, my life is already, I wear it on my shoulder. Let's this is going to be amazing. This yes. is a test. Sims please. took no, 28. Not, not, a test. not a test. Not a test. Sorry. Don't hold back anything. It's an don't exercise. Write. It was 28 questions. Yep. Let's see if it sounds like Sims. So just as a. As a, the reason why I keep harping on it's not a test is because at the end of the day, tests are about right and wrong. Correct. Right? And this has nothing to do with right or wrong, good yep. or bad, better or better, better or worse, none of that stuff. It, it just is. Right. And that's the hardest part for people to grasp. I have to keep reminding people about that. So just before we start into this, though, but my normal DISC results, I'm what would you say were the D? I'm high so I. High I. Right. Followed by high D. And then your low S and even lower C. Okay. Mm. That doesn't mean you don't have S and C. You're right. just not indexing high in those areas. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. How does he compare to me? So let's see. Your high. So you're both high I. Your I is almost off the charts. <laughs> your D, Adam, is closer to the midpoint, whereas Sims uh, a little bit more D. Is, is higher. You're both low in the other areas, but your lowest is S, and Chris's lowest is C. Interesting. Huh. All so, right. so, so you know what that tells me? You know what that tells me? What? It's th- that there's no there's no surprise to me why you guys we are, work together so success because right. that diversity of um, capabilities complement each other well. Ooh, gotcha. So this the, the, this is we usually when we do this it's with intact teams, and what they you may remember Adam we did the thing where we had everybody stand in right. the room. And we saw how it how how much diversity there was, and how that actually made those teams better. Right? Yeah, because all these capabilities were complementary. It's just it's just awesome. Okay. All right. So uh, his we're behavioral at now. overview. Be very, oh, so I'm not. There's a lot here. I'm not going to read all of it, but I, but I'll, I'll I'll call out some things that really jumped out at me. Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, Chris tends to be very direct, daring, forceful, enthusiastic. May also be very charming and sociable. 
tended to be quick in, in thought and action, he may enjoy matching his wits and skills against others. Well, that doesn't sound like an athlete. I don't know what yeah. that <laughs> um, What else really jumped out at me? Um, Joe generally charming in his contacts with others. He may occasionally cause them to experience a conflicting feeling of being drawn to him and yet somehow being distanced at the same time. Wow, that's that, deep. That would agree, I would agree with that probably because I can be opinionated and I can let it be known and it might not be what everybody wants to hear at times. Here's another one that jumped out at me. While he sometimes may inspire fear in others and may override their decisions, Christopher tends to be generally well-liked by his coworkers. Wow. That's amazing. You're pulling that off, buddy. That's, a, that's truly <laughs> it's amazing. it's true. This he may be true. Wait, people... ex- explain that again. So. Now, well, here yeah. it is. Yeah. This may be true because he tends to use his considerable verbal skills to persuade others rather than demand from them whenever possible. Gotcha. Um, crazy. The last Isn't thing it there, crazy? Two yes. other things jumped out at me. Christopher naturally may be comfortable with interpersonal aggression. In fact, he may enjoy competitive and, 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 and antagonist, ant- antagonistic situations. Would agree. He may welcome the challenge of a win-lose situation. Mm-hmm. The last thing, self-starter. Christopher may get up early to get a head start on the day's activities. He may start activities without any prodding or direction from others. His energy may continue to be high throughout the day. That's, so, that would you be guys me tell as well. Me. That's crazy. It's crazy. 28 questions. Yes. 28 these questions. These guys, these are psychologists that put this together, and I've got to think they're absolute geniuses. Yes. I mean, Gen- it's fascinating. How do you feel? It, it's just fascinating to hear because I was uh, I was interested to see where it all went. Uh, and, you know, I just feel like there's, you know, again, I, there was a few questions in there, too, where I wonder how much it would have been dictated, where there was some where I was like, oh, if I had chose the other answer, right? right? But there was because there was a few examples of, you know, OK, you have to choose the one that you think you're the most like at work right. and the least like at work. Right. And there was a few where I was like, oh, I'm kind of like all of these. Right. But which so one am I the most of? Right. 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 Uh, so it's very interesting psychology there. Yeah. And I went back and forth, like mm-hmm. self-evaluating myself right. Right. as I was doing it, going, which one? It truly portrays what I am at work. Um, And and the at work thing is critical, right? Because a lot of people, some people are the same at work as they are at home. Some people are very different at work as they are at home. And so to be, to be, to make it a true workplace evaluation, that's why they say, not evaluation, assessment. um, That's why they say, think about it from how you behave at work. Yes. It's just crazy how spot on about like, you know, the confrontation thing or the mm-hmm. welcoming the challenges, mm-hmm. like how you can get that from that test. It's wild. And know it's that amazing. is amazing. It's amazing. Uh, I'm surprised more sports teams don't use this. Do I'm you really... think that most quarterbacks are going to end up in your categories? <sighs> and then I'm curious, other positions, right. like offensive linemen, like how about you describe a position to Brian, and Brian tells you if I'll they're high in D, I, or S, or C. Yeah. So describe offensive linemen. To well, let's, go, let's do with the quarterbacks. Okay, okay. sure. Yeah. Quarterbacks. I mean, our quarterbacks are your type A personalities, Absolutely. right? Uh, somewhat perfectionist mm-hmm. and do like routine base, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to get up in the morning, I'm going to have my eggs and my mm-hmm. bacon, and then I'm going to go watch film, and mm-hmm. then I'm going to meet with coach, and I'm going to watch some more film. And that would be your, co- uh, your quarterback who's, you know, worried about every little detail in the world, um, making sure he knows details of others, right? Mm-hmm. So in case it goes, oh, we break the huddle and there's, you know, some dumb receiver is like, well, I don't remember that play. You can tell them right away on the fly. Mm-hmm. Uh, quarterbacks, I think, are generally pretty quick on their feet thinking-wise. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. And 
This is where I think it would be interesting with quarterbacks. Some quarterbacks don't give a damn what the rest of their fucking team thinks about them. So and then there's their eye low. And then there's other quarterbacks who will be very worried about does the team like me? Are they mm-hmm. around me? Mm-hmm. Give and, an example of each of those. A quarterback that doesn't care and a quarterback that cares. Oh, okay. Um, let's see. I, I think like if you think about like I think a Peyton Manning back in the day in his prime, he was a guy that I don't think really cared about what his team mm-hmm. thought. He was going to say and do well, and whatever Tom he Brady had. Maybe yeah, Brady would that. be in the same thing yeah. too. Yes. So they're low eyes. They're so they low, would be lower eyes, right? And probably higher C's. Interesting. Right? And the reason why I say that is you think about you know I, I think. I would say generally quarterbacks are high D's, right? Yes, yes. Because everything is about results, and for quarterbacks, it's constantly shoved in their face. I get that. Yep. I respect it. Right. I could see where some quarterbacks would be high I's, and I could see where some quarterbacks would be high C's because you have to dig into the details. Yes, right. right? And so, you know, quarterbacks who, I don't know, the, the ones who are always fluid, always consistent in their throwing motion. Maybe they don't. Maybe they're high C's because they're staying on top of it, or maybe they're not because they don't have to because they've got that down. I, yeah, so I think there the might guys, be that. More so maybe there. the guys who are constantly having to tinker or look at you know what you know am I, my arm too low or whatever. Maybe those guys have to be high C's to make sure they're on top of the details. Yeah, so I, there, I think there there's some variation. There, there could be. Yeah. You know, I think. Um, what do you think Odell Beckham would be? Receivers. Let's just do receivers in general. Superstar receivers, right? Very diva, incredible self confidence, right? Like I can do anything. I what? I'm Odell Beckham. I can beat LeBron James in a dunk contest, probably. Just off the chart self confidence. Um, How are they with details? Also, you know, details can be iffy. Like not horrible, but not. You're not going to go. Oh, he's you know a rocket scientist over there, and he's all over every detail. you know, also, I would say very emotional position. Very emotional. High it's high eye. Super high Absolutely. eye. Yeah, that's what the kind high of guys eye. they are. I what would they so. be low in? Like, where? Uh, it's a great question. I feel I'm like what's funny. Say now that I either C it. or S. Yeah. I uh, feel you like. think about S is stability. Like, those guys don't come across as like. <laughs> The diva ones will come across as super stable to me. So I'm going to guess. No. I'm guess low S. Low I, S. I think you're right there, too, because yeah. the receivers are, too, they're so physically gifted, mm-hmm. too. They're not always worried about all the little details right. of the world, right? right. Or I, I can go to the club till 1 o'clock in the morning right. and still come out and run 4-3 tomorrow. Well, it doesn't matter. about Randy Moss, one of the greatest wide receivers of all time. Right. That guy, from what I, from what I remember watching and just hearing from analysts, because I'm a nut about sports, sure. is that he didn't always run the best routes. No. Same thing with Des Bryant. Didn't right. always run the bet. Now, Des Bryant would go up and get the ball. Yep. Yeah. Randy Moss always came down with the ball, but he's not always running the precise route. Maybe when he was a Patriots, he had to. <laughs> but, you know. So, but no, but you're right, because it's the attitude of, don't just just throw it there. Dude, I'll, I'll, I'll get, get it. it. I'll be there. I'll don't you it. worry I'll about it. There, I'm right. realizing it, right. now, with Sims' as high D, mm-hmm. I feel like my chart might be the wide receiver chart, and Sims is the quarterback chart. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, if you kind of think that. about it, like, mine is the super high I with no S, which we're talking about as a wide receiver. Right. And Sims is the higher D with a little bit more S. Right. What do you think? Yeah, I see it. <laughs> Don't see pander it. to me. No, I'm not. <laughs> I see it. Because, look, my, my assessment is very similar to yours. Yeah. Right, so I you guess I'd be a wide receiver too. Yeah, it's just it's fascinating. That was my dream to, to be a wide receiver. Like the, the element where you said where I, my words and being like quarterbacks are masters at that. Not to say I'm worth a damn as a quarterback mm-hmm. or anything like that, but damn, I did grow up in the household of it and was around sure it a lot did. in my life. You're right. So, 
But quarterbacks are the masters of like being able to verbally abuse a guy on your team, but also making him feel better about it as you're doing it. Like, right. man, you didn't block shit last week, Lefko. You couldn't block him off the yeah. right tackle. I got mm-hmm. bruises all over my mm-hmm. body. But somehow being able to portray that into like, it's all right, we're going to get him next right. week, and it'll right. be fine. Who gives man. a damn? So I could see, I can see as a result of that, I yeah. can see quarterbacks also being very high eyes. Right, they want that yeah. relationship to be strong. Yes. I mean, who's your best friend? Well, everybody in the offense, but yeah. the O line especially. I would think the O line especially. Yes. How about the yeah. O line? You've often described them as cattle. Right. You say that they are very they they do not spend their cattle. money. Cattle. They're grazers, right? They they will stand off on the side of the yard and not work or do anything and just talk about all these interesting subjects and have great in, intellect thoughts mm-hmm. and all that, mm-hmm. but don't really want to work until the strength coach comes over and goes, "Hey, would you? Yeah, here's the poker." I'm going to stick it in your ass <laughs> so you'll finally go out and squat like we were supposed to instead of right. all you herding together in the corner here trying to manipulate a way not to work out. They right? save their money. They They're, save their money. Say they're fiercely loyal. Fiercely loyal. I would say the, with the quarterbacks, the smartest guys on the football team, um, very practical, like annoyingly practical at times. That's a high S. They're high, high S's. S's. So would yeah. they be low Stability, I? practicality. Yes. Those are things that S's value. Right. Mm. Absolutely high S's. Yeah, that and would then be do it. high S's and high I's typically get along? Like, oh, sure. Mm. Yeah. Which Definitely. ones? Is there? Are there two that typically don't get along? So if you look at it on a... So I brought this with me yeah. so you guys could see it. If you look at it on, on a piece of paper here, right? And we'll see that... D's and C's go together, D and I's go together, C and S's go together, I and S's go together. What gotcha. you don't typically see is D and S above the quadrant mm. or I and C above the quadrant. Huh. It happens. I think I've only seen it once. Right. And I think it was I and C. But the behaviors that, that come with those things tend not to flow together as easily. Yes. And that's why you just don't see it. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, they would be S's. So if you had if you had a dominant quarterback that did not care about anybody else, then they could clash with their S's a lot. Well, maybe not because that quarterback to me sounds like a D and a C, right? And the C and the S's tend to go together. Gotcha. Gotcha. Right. So you can have the D and the C together. He's conscientious, so he's yeah. I I got that too. Which is. Very, I, I can see that as well. And then you've also talked about cornerbacks and defensive linemen are the cockiest guys on the team. Yeah, let's do D linemen first. Okay. Like D linemen are okay. If O linemen were cows, D linemen are your castrated bulls. Okay, Oof. right? Okay. They're pissed off, Geldings. mad as hell. Right? <laughs> they don't. They're angry. They just want to be let loose. And I don't want to be over and you know overindulged with too many details and thought process here. I just like. What did you say, Coach? I go get the quarterback. I go get the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, great. And I'm ready to fight and be scrappy mm-hmm. and really work like that. High D. That's a high D. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Because think about it. A, a defensive lineman definitely have to be results-oriented, right? Yeah, because yes. they get paid on sacks and hits and no all doubt those about things, it, right? right? So, they're, so, they, so they're definitely results-oriented, but that sort of dominant... You know, got to run you over, got to right. destroy you. They're the most dominant D. people in the locker room. Yeah, they I'm really realizing are. now. Those are high D's. Yeah. What the hell is Belichick? <laughs> he's definitely a D. He's definitely a C, an S. C. You think he's a C? No, I don't know about an S. D and C. D and C. And you know what? His C might be higher. 
because he's so detail oriented. And thinking about everything. everything I'm going to be more efficient. Him, right? He we doesn't did care it. about yeah. emotions. Right? Yeah. You know, all that controversy lately. There's no fun to play for the Patriots. Right, right, right. And, he, and what was his response? Well, we're about winning. Yeah. So he's a D and C. And I would say high C. Do you want to work for people like that? Or are they really hard to work for? A dominating um, rule follower? Whew. Yeah, that could be <laughs> that could be that could be challenging. John Gruden. John Gruden. Loud, emotional. Yes. Not detailed, detailed and smart, but, but not detailed to the point of like a Belichick or maybe some of the other coaches and there. He just trade for the Hackenberg kid. Uh, he, did, he did. Yes. Not afraid to take chances. <laughs> That's going to influence you. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Uh, I'm going to say D and I. I'm trying to figure out. Yeah, I would say he's a big time influencer because he'd be the type of Probably guy too. High I. He'd sell his plays by like showing plays of Jerry Rice. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to mm-hmm. influence you to right. show you that right. this play works really well. Here's right. Joe Montana and Jerry Rice in '88. So and he guys, strikes me as someone that the relationships are important to him. Yes. Um, so yeah, I'm going to say high I followed by D. Yeah, that's my that's my. I guess. think you're right. His I think the relationships are important to him. He, it is important for John that especially the core guys on his team like him. Mm-hmm. I always felt that way about him that he cared a little bit more than maybe some of the other coaches mm-hmm. I was around. Right. If, if they got along together the right way. Right. So yeah. with what we learned today, how can Sims and I? work better together now that we know what our charts are. Well, the interesting thing about you guys is you're both high eyes, mm. right? That that was the highest for, for both of you. Now, Adam, yours was a little higher, and then your D, uh, Chris, is higher than um, Adam's you got more D, D than but, I do. but <laughs> the interesting <laughs> thing is that you both indexed high on the same things and low on the same things, and yeah. just slight variations. Right. So to me, I think... If you guys are both relationship oriented, it, it's already working. Yeah. Right. Just keep doing what you're doing right. because it you've Ooh. got a natural flow to what you're doing. The right. podcasts are, are awesome, obviously. And so just keep doing what you're doing, man. Keep communicating. Fendrick, what were you talking to my ear? Do you remember what you were? He was a very high C. So the guy okay. that we work with the most is a very high Shocker. C. And what's he in charge of? He's what's Bill, he he's Bill Belichick of Bleacher Report. Okay, okay. Well, so of course he's so a I C. called it, right? <laughs> yes, you're exactly right. Conchie has to, oh gosh, I didn't put that in the Google Drive. Let me do that. Oh, oh another Google Drive. Let me do that. Oh, I got a meeting at 3.30. Here's their Google map to how to get there and your calendars there and all. That's him. Yeah. He's, that's Josh. So that he's sense. listening yeah. right now. <laughs> Good evening, Josh. <laughs> Brian Blake, you were the man. Do you want to? Do you want to pitch anything? Um, just you got, a, you got a Twitter or something? You want to get some no, followers? I don't no? really. No? You know, mm-hmm. the only thing I want to pitch is that you know I'm really grateful that you guys allowed us allowed me to be with you today. Cool, you know, man. Turner People Development. We're trying to do great things here for the whole Turner family, and so I just really appreciate you guys having us. Thanks. I'm, I'm, I'm really. I'm. I think this could be to me if I was a head coach of a football team, right? This is, uh, I don't know necessarily if, you know, of course you would learn things about your players mm-hmm. doing it this way. Totally. Uh, but I think even more would be learning your staff, Absolutely. right? That's where I would I go. totally see this with position coaches That's and right. coordinators. To know how, yeah. like, okay, I'm Bill Belichick. How can I better communicate with my receiver coach mm-hmm. who is a recluse and doesn't talk as well, or whatever right. it may be. But still you know, has tons of value to add. Yeah, exactly right. right. Smart yeah. as hell, but I just right. got to get get it out of them, whatever right. it may hey, be. What do I need to do? What's going to appeal to that person, right? So right. Absolutely right. Yeah, this awesome. is cool. I, I enjoyed it. Thank you, brother. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Appreciate Appreciate it. It. Thanks a lot. Okay, uh, that was awesome. You actually learned a lot from Brian. I huh? did, yeah. I'm excited to go back and read this whole report. 
because uh, some of the things you said, and I think my wife's going to get more of a kick out of reading this than anything. It was really, like, I really went in, I was, like, walking around the office before I took it, and I was like, this is bullshit. And then, like, I took it, and I was like, this is insanely accurate. I uh, I just, like I told Josh before we started, I would be interested in, like, the handful of questions. There was maybe, out of the 28 questions, there was, like, four or five where... I really was undecided. Like, man, which one do I pick here? It was like, do you? What do you like more? Communicating with people in the office, getting your work done, right. like weird things that are not related. right. And I just wonder if I chose if I chose a different answer on those three or four that I wasn't sure about how much it would have swayed my assessment. So let me set up uh, what happened. I'm sure everyone's very well aware with the White House and with the Eagles and where we are today. Uh, but I, I kind of want to set the stage, and then, Sims, I want you to go. Okay. So we've known this has been uh, on the table for a long time, even leading up to the Super Bowl. Both teams were asked, if you win, would you accept the invitation? Chris Long didn't go last year. He wasn't going to go this year. Uh, apparently, and according to all reports, early on, the Eagles sent back that about 70 people would be attending. When it, they found out that as few fewer than 10 people were planning on going to the attendance uh, for the ceremony, one of them being the mascot, um, the White House rescinded their invitation, mm-hmm. said that they were disinvited, and instead were going to hold a, uh, a ceremony to celebrate America, and they were going to play songs uh, and all that stuff. It ends up, there's one report that Nick Foles was going to be the only player that was going. Uh, yeah, the, the, It was going to be a celebration of America. Uh here is the, the part that a lot of people made it, it became an issue. In the White House statement, quote, they, the Eagles, disagree with their president because he insists that they proudly stand for the national anthem, hand on heart, in honor of the great men and women of our country. For everyone, and I'm sure you all know, none of the Eagles kneeled the entire season. So the White House said they're they're. They're not coming because they want to kneel, and the Eagles are going, not only do we not want to kneel, we didn't kneel the entire year. It became even more uh, complex when Fox News began airing clips, pictures, and and making it seem as though the Eagles were kneeling, but in those pictures, it was actually prayer, or pregame prayer, or postgame prayer, and so actually taking photos of prayer and making it seem like they were kneeling. Uh, it, it, it seemed like Shocker. propaganda. No, no. Yes. Shocked. Now, at the event, again, I'm just giving you all the information, the reports, I've collected it all right here. Uh, apparently... Two visitors knelt during the playing of the national anthem at this celebration of America. Uh, this was also being tried to say is maybe they didn't feel well. Those people came out and said, no, we were in fact kneeling. Uh, another thing that, that happened, uh, someone, a heckler yelled, stop hiding behind the armed services in the national anthem. Let's hear it for the Eagles. And then also the other big story was... Apparently, Trump doesn't know the words of God Bless America or the national anthem that came out. Mm -hmm. Um, There have been a number of people that have come out. Malcolm Jenkins put out an incredible statement online explaining how, you know, all of the things that them and their colleagues have done working with police departments, elected officials, community advocates, Chris Long, and how he donated his entire um, season salary, salary. the Philadelphia Eagles, and how they have not knelt at all. But what he did say is we do 
all this stuff, we help out because we love our country and our communities, regardless of race or socioeconomic status. We deserve to be treated equally. We are fighting for racial inequality. None of what we are doing is trying to be anti-America, anti-flag, anti-military, but you're painting that picture of us. Yes. Uh, so that's sort of all the information of what's happened. Um Donald Trump did come out and say, oh, no, these were Eagles fans that were there. A Philadelphia reporter spoke to about six random people throughout the crowd, said, can you name an Eagles quarterback? They couldn't, making it seem like they were plants. Um, the only other story that I thought re- was related to all this is another story came out that Trump told White House officials they should punish the NFL in terms of a tax plan. Yeah. And that's the story about why Trump was sort of attacking the NFL as a whole and how he was going to attack them. Surprise, surprise. Right. In their Right. He's never going to stop attacking the NFL. They didn't let him in the club twice. They told him he's not rich enough, so he's never going to stop. This so, is We know that he is a little petty that way. Your so. reaction to all of the events that have unfurled with the Eagles and the White House, and, and you know, just kind of yeah. your, your take on what has... Oof, okay. Because a lot of people are excited to hear your opinion. Okay. All right. Well, the, the, the first thing I would say is this. If I was going to defend Donald Trump in one issue, I would say this. I think any president would have canceled this if they found out that less than 10 people were coming, right? So I'm not necessarily mad at him for canceling it, right? I don't. I, I even think as, as whether it's George Bush, Barack Obama, Bill Clinton, Ronald Reagan, I think if they were holding a ceremony for a football team and they said, man, there's one player showing yeah, up, one player showing up they're going to cancel that event. So I'm not necessarily going to sit here and bag on Donald Trump for that. But it's the language after that that bothers me. Okay, And that's where I don't even know really where to begin this conversation. All I can say is that I am extremely discouraged by the lack of leadership coming out of the White House on a daily basis. That's what truly bothers me as an American. I have lived a privileged life growing up in northern New Jersey, silver spoon atmosphere. Yes, I'm willing to say that, and I I know that. Um, But I also know being around football and the country and whatever else, that most people have not been nearly as fortunate as me. And people of color have uh, had to deal with a lot of social injustices, whether it's watching the Milwaukee Bucks player be tasered uh, a few weeks ago for parking in the wrong parking spot, or or the Starbucks people being kicked out. Or how about yesterday? Footage came out of a guy in a stairwell getting beaten beaten the crap and and knocked unconscious, and it didn't get reported until they found the footage. The same day, let alone all the Trump tried to turn this around as though the Eagles were not being patriotic. Right. So let alone um, those things on a personal level. And without being political, I'm willing to vote Republican or Democrat. I vote for the person. Okay, so I don't care. I voted for George Bush twice. If anybody else wants to sit out there and judge me, because at the time I thought he was the right guy to run our country. Okay, Um, so again, I'm not against that, but I'm against the human of Donald Trump right now. And again, like I said, the lack of leadership and um, the divisiveness, as we all know, and really just having showing no compassion, really, in my mind to anybody other than his base. And I think that's what bothers me. And I think when I really break it down to this is where my final piece comes, and we're the football podcast, and we are the players podcast. Yes. And I was going to say, I'm very critical of players and coaches. Okay? And if I said the White House was the 33rd team in the NFL, right, and Donald Trump's the head coach, okay, 
I mean, if we held Donald Trump to the same standards that we held NFL head coaches, he would have been fired five times by now. He's had six offensive coordinators in his organization. He's had five defensive coordinators. He's had a fire his head press guy. He's got, there is so many. He's got guys on his coaching staff that are being accused of cheating here, being accused of cheating there. So we're going to be truly as critical of Donald Trump the way he runs his organization as we are of Mike McCarthy and the way he runs the Packers. Then uh, I think it's a total embarrassment from that standpoint. Added to the fact that the guy has shown some racial tendencies. There's no way to really back away from that in my eye. Whether it goes back to when I was growing up in the Central Park Five, where there was a murder in New York City, and five black kids were arrested and accused, and they said they were innocent from the start, and Donald Trump was buying ads in the newspaper saying they should be executed. And then DNA came out. Science which doesn't seem to want to be um, acknowledged by the 33rd team in the NFL, the White House, that DNA came out that these kids were totally innocent and they figured out who it was. Never apologized, nothing, whether it goes back to sons of bitches kneeling and calling people holding Confederate flags and Nazi flags, fine people. I just find them disturbing at a human level. I'm not against all Donald Trump's policies. There's right. some things I like. But to me, that's where it bothers me. I have young kids growing up. And he is setting a horrible example of leadership on a daily basis. And I think that's where I stand. There's so much more I could say, but for right now, that's all I can get out of my mouth. So for me, I think what's interesting is if you told me, like like you said, you don't blame Donald Trump for canceling, right? Mm -hmm. Here's what he did that no one else did. Not only is he going to cancel, I'm publicly disinviting you, and you don't honor the flag, and now I'm making it a celebration of America. And I'm going to give you reasons that aren't even— And and I'm going to sing a song, and we're going to do it in spite of you. That's what he did that they wouldn't do. But here's the deal. If you said Lefko, you're not going to believe this. Donald Trump took another shot at the players and blamed it on the flag. My response would be, whoa, big offseason. It's like that's expected. But what happens is— is in my, what I'm seeing is people are still being amazed that he's saying and doing crazy things instead of looking at what they should be amazed at, which is the reaction. You know that I am someone that truly looks at stoic principles and I try to implore them in my life. One of them being, I have no control on other people's actions. I only have control of my reaction to their actions. And what is happening right now in the NFL is the best reaction to Donald Trump in all the world. Politics, government, education, health, athletics, all of them. The Eagles are the best reaction to Trump in the world. And I have never been more proud that the team that I root for, forget they won the Super Bowl. How they've handled themselves during this time has been so admirable. Mm -hmm. Yesterday, a Giants fan came up to me and a Washington fan came up to me. And you know what both of them said? I hate your team, but I'm jealous of you right now. For them... They couldn't morally respect their team as much as they could respect my team. Right? It's, I had a, a Steelers I'm fan. I'm rooting for them because of this stuff. I hate the Eagles, but what they did, I could only hope that I dream about. Right. They have become an and example your mayor. for everyone. Let me just say, I want your mayor to be my James, mayor, too. Jim Kenny came yeah. out of nowhere, off of the frog splash. Right. But what's really funny is I went back and I found in episode 137, before week eight, What did I call the Philadelphia Eagles? 
America's team. <laughs> I went through the the Chris Long donating a salary, Malcolm Jenkins doing ride-alongs, the kicker that was pulled up out of nowhere that hit a 61-yard field goal, John Dorambos being on America's Got Talent, being cut, finding a heart disease, and being okay, the quarterback Carson Wentz that donates to the food programs, the coach Doug Peterson that was a high school gym teacher four to five years ago and now just won the Super Bowl, yeah. an owner that was willing to go out there in an owner's meeting and said that the president was deplorable. Yeah. They are America's team. They are that team. It's no longer debatable. I, and I said it's really funny. I have the clip. Week 8, I said, if you want to get on the Wentz wagon right now, this is the team of destiny. And then they went on to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. But I, I think <laughs> from my perspective, what I'm trying to realize here is the problem about talking about Trump is you end up start talking about politics and nationality, and it, it becomes topics that you're not going to be able to change people's opinion, and you just begin to yell at each other, right? That's why I wanted to do this at the end. Mm -hmm. But we stand for one thing here. And that's the players podcast. And the reason that we care so much about the players is there is no other sport that treats their players like this. None. None. When they get into an argument with an overbearing president that calls their players sons of bitches, and if they don't stand should be deported, they go... You're right. We'll have them protest somewhere else. So they don't support the players' ideas. Doesn't happen in the NBA. Doesn't happen in Major League Baseball. Doesn't happen in NHL. Oh, it's the only sport where the contracts aren't guaranteed. So the money isn't even secure. Right. Oh, and by the way, you know that whole bang-in-your-head thing? We're going to hide scientific studies for decades so that you'll continue to hurt yourselves. The NFL treats their players like Garbage. It's why there's Garbage. there's a lot of me that loves that Trump's doing this to the owners. They treat the players like crap. Yeah. And as a players podcast, this is not politics. Yeah. Someone needs to say, hello, you're treating these people awful, and they're the ones making the money. We're so willing to fight for the college basketball player because look at all the money he's being brought in. What about these professional athletes that are bringing in 10 times the amount of money on a yearly basis, and they're being killed in front of us for no respect and getting no support. I, I know. So my thing is, this isn't politics. Trump has said, I can, I can get the American fan base, the American populace to support me by saying, I stand for the flag. I don't know if I have sweaty arms. Yeah, you do. Damn. Big I time. stand for the flag, right. and they don't. Yet another person that's willing to insult NFL players and marginalize what yet they do and sacrifice. Yet he dodged the draft five times, yet but he that's doesn't, fine. He doesn't do ride-alongs like Malcolm yet Jenkins. he called our first African-American president not a citizen of the country. He so is that's willing where, to sling But yet mud. he can go, I can shoot George, uh, Comey in the head and you can't do anything about See, that's to me the battle that's being fought there with these underlying messages all the time. That first black president, you're not even a citizen of our country. I show you no respect. I'm president. I can shoot James Comey and there's nothing you can do about it. I can't even obstruct justice. I am King Trump. Yes. So from that, again, the personal aspect of it. And again, I'll say this too. I'm, I'm Silver Spoon North Jersey. I know some of the people that know Eric Trump and the, the younger Trumps. And the people that I know know them, let me just tell you, I don't like them. They ain't good people. They're racist. And when they told me they were friends with the Trump, I was like, 
Shocker. And that's the way they are as a whole. And I just... Yeah, it's just it's just disappointing on a human level more than anything. That's and, where and that's, I'm frustrated that's how I'm on a daily. Level. I'm not. I don't care. If, I wouldn't treat if, anybody like that. I'm not trying to compare uh, the president to any other presidents. I'm not trying to say that uh, his policy. I'm not trying to say uh, that you should care about the anthem less. I'm saying this: Are you a human? Do you care about other humans? Do you see how these humans are being treated? These athletes that go out there and you might think they're spoiled but look at all of the examples on this Philadelphia Eagles team see all the sacrifices they are making and realize that no one on this team is spoiled what? they are so representative of everything we want in this country tr- and so my right. thing is this the president is treating this team like crap. Mm. The players, they need to get together. They need to figure this out. But I left yesterday, as everyone got more dismayed, very proud. Yeah. Because the Philadelphia Eagles have no control over what's being done to them. But the way that they are reacting, I couldn't even fathom that this was possible. And I'm so proud that they're my team. I don't I really think am. football, that sport, I, I think football represents America more than any other sport. It's the true workman's sport. Get your hands dirty. Work harder. You'll be better. You know, I know they think, oh, professional athletes are spoiled. Yeah, certainly, to a degree. But damn, let me just tell you this out there for anybody who wants to know. 98% of professional athletes, especially football players, woo, they came from the opposite of a spoiled upbringing. I mean, upbringings where, again, I'd like to bring some of my, you know, white friends that I grew up with in northern New Jersey who had lots of luxury things and go, let me just show you what the other side lives like at times. Because I know you think you know and you watched Boys in the Hood, but you don't know. You have to see it. I was that same person that once, too, so I'm not judging. When I got to go to experiences with friends and go to the hood or go to their grandma's house who raised them or whatever— those are eye-opening experiences. Do you go, man, this was rough. They had no favors in life. How the hell did they even make it out of here? That's what I used to, a lot of times left with my friends where they grew up. I was just like, it's, it's amazing. They made it. It's, it's incredible. It's amazing. How were they not shot, killed? How did they get out of school? They had no leadership, nobody to teach them the right thing, but somehow they did it on a daily basis. So that would be my defense of the spoiled athlete thing as well. One other thing, this is uh, off the anthem. This is an out of left go field submitted by 10J Johnson. He DM'd me and he said, hey, when's the collective bargaining agreement? I said, it's supposed to be like 2021. I think so, yeah, yeah. He said he thinks one of the main reasons Vince McMahon is waiting until 20 2020 yeah. to bring back the XFL is he knows the player lockout's going to be there and he can get the bottom part of the NFL and maybe steal some stars. I think so too. That's and the first I, thing I thought so of. 10J Johnson, I think you nailed it. Yeah. Like there is going to be a great decision by the XFL, especially now that they got Oliver Luck running it, who a lot of people, it just gives them a little bit more credibility. Right. But the fact that they get to feast on a weakness in the NFL that we've been talking about coming now for years yes. could be really interesting. It could be. They certainly could steal, that, yes, that bottom 10, 15% of the NFL to where teams are going, damn, you know, we're missing our backup linebacker. He's starting in the XFL or whatever it may be. Right. Those are the guys Especially you're going to have to be worried about. Especially if we actually miss games in 2021. That's what I mean. If there's the threat of not having money, again, NFL players, most of them are making less than a million dollars. Yes. So they can't just afford to sit back for a year or a year and a half and make no money. And if I'm the XFL 
I'm running it like I would WWE, where it, let's say it's week five, but um, let's say Jarvis Landry really wants to play. You're going on a team, and we're we're running you out the tunnel like it's WWE Raw, and it's like, what is that? Jarvis Landry's just, now on the Orlando Rage. Right. You know what I mean? Like that's how I would run it. Just make it an ongoing thing. Who cares about the teams? But the NFL better get smart because with every rea- every action, there is an, a reaction. Donald Trump's not going to be in office forever, but your actions kind of helping him when he's there Mm -hmm. will never be lost on all of these people. The owners, we're going to know what side you're on. Goodell, we know what side you're on. And the players, it will impact in the future. So here are two iTunes comments I wanted to read. Uh, This one is from West478. Quick shout out to you guys. My name is Sergeant Garnet West of Combat Logistics Battalion 31, 31st Marine Expeditionary Unit stationed at Camp Hansen, Okinawa, Japan. So I read that and I went, holy shit, we're either going to get reamed out for... for That's that's what I was just thinking. I was going, damn, here we go. He's going to yell at me. Being stationed in Japan makes it hard to keep up with sports being 13 hours ahead. You guys keep it 100 with all topics and current events, especially sticking up for Lamar Jackson after the no-name gutless coward reporters attempted to slam him. Sims and Lovko, keep it up with the hard work for others to emulate. You guys are the bar. Semper Fi. Thanks, man. That means a lot. This is how I feel. If you listen to this podcast and you are like, I am a staunch stand, I I can't separate them saying that it's about the anthem and then what they're actually trying to fight for, then like, I don't get why you're still listening. Like that's just my thing. Like everyone says you should you should make your your content good for everybody. You know who we are. Yeah. You know who we stand for. I, I can't so help if you're it, everybody. So upset, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah like it, I can't help it. I'm meme right now. That's just what I. I, 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 I just yeah. I want to be. I want to keep it. I don't want to say. It. I'm going to keep it a hundred because if I'm trying to be a broadcaster, that's like well maybe they do have a point. Then I'm just everything that I hate in the yeah, media. Right. So You're we're just we're then. just gonna keep it real because yeah. you had enough fake motherfuckers on all the other TV networks that are afraid that you know where they stand. Yeah. I stand for humans. And the people that fuck with humans, I don't mess with them. Mm-hmm. They're not my kind of human. Yep. End. End. Um, all right, last one. This is great. We're gonna end it here. Amazing comment. I'm, I'm not even, so ready for this podcast to be over. One. No, no, this, this is, is good. a new okay, one. Good. Yeah, you're good. We're, we're getting long, though. My oh. Memorial Day review, and the commenter is Meat Hen. So I don't know if this is supposed to be... Have meat you seen hen. this comment yet? I'm not. This is Five-star review, left it on Memorial Day, may have had a few beers in him. Right? I would hope so. I kind of want... Meathead. Let me think. Are you is this, your, this? Yeah, is this the Meathead version of you? Evil, yeah, my evil Meathead twin. <laughs> what's a good patriotic song? Oh, Lefka. I mean, there's a million of them. Don't don't pick something with commercial music, please. What is this? Children have to be told. Uh, I got nothing. All right. <laughs> just read the review, Lefka. I'm just saying, God bless America. Okay, I'm done. This is review. Sorry. This morning, I went outside, put Sims and Lefko on, and caught a bald eagle with my bare hands and tamed it. 
I had to train them to peck the Italian supermodels who throw themselves at me the instant they see the Bleacher Report app before I put my phone back in my sweatpant pocket, flapping in the breeze, clinging to my four-inch calves. Want to know why? Because they're not American, that's why. Every morning I stare at my phone hoping for a surprise episode. No luck. I move on and print out a copy of the Declaration of Independence and consume it for sustenance before I hop in my Ford F-650 and drive to work, which is Walmart. I manage a store because they got one good look at this 100% constitutional man of freedom and collapsed to the floor, weeping with pride for the USA of America. I was instinctively, inst- instantly promoted, and I make $17.76 per hour. On the weekends, I reenact mi- mascot battles, only there's always a new combatant, myself. And I crane kick the wimpy non-stealers mascot like the communist I imagine them to be. This is a five-star five podcast, just as I am a five-star man. Note... I'm actually born and raised in Canada before coming to the U.S. for school, and I'm coming to the draft party. <laughs> I was like, yeah, we'll see you there. Meathead is not lacking in self-confidence. I like Meathead that. Meathead is a purebred American. I like that it. eats the Declaration of Independence for sustenance. <laughs> I love it. And got paid seventeen seventy-six. I Yeah. I think uh, maybe we give have Meathead give a speech right before you fight Manny Pacquiao at the draft party. Oh, I know. I use this is my that was the thing I had with with uh, Kerry Collins. This is like our thing that I always. Was oh, you versus Pacquiao. I would, I would like. I was always. I, I was. Someone asked if you think you're better than Kerry Collins. No, I'm not. I mean, I can't say that. I had the ability to maybe be better than him, but I, I can't say that. Kerry was good. Kerry was very. Someone good. asked if you played in that in that playoff, would you have beaten that Ravens team? No, because I was not 100 percent healthy, and he played really good. Man, Kerry, Kerry's Kerry was a really good NFL quarterback. Okay. Um, if we got Pacquiao at the draft party, you'd get in the ring with him. Like if we set up a boxing ring in your dad's. I don't front want yard. a box Pacquiao. him. I'm talking about a real fight. Oh, you want a so UFC? That's what I'm saying. Okay. I in the NFL locker room. Brandon Stokely, I believe, has told the podcast my nickname was Shit Starter. Right, because I was always the king of walking in the locker room and going, oh, yep. LeBron's better than Kobe, or yep. like starting that whole argument. And I don't know how it went, but I just walked in one day in Tennessee, and if they were talking about fighting, I was man, I'd kick the shit out of Manny Pacquiao. You know, if you guys turned around, I'm like, no, I'm dead serious. I would whoop Manny Pacquiao's ass. Yep. And Kerry Collins is like, shut your mouth. He would hit you so fast. And I was like, I, you know, and then I just went on with that. I don't know. He's 137 pounds. I'm 232 pounds. I mean, if he doesn't catch me with the quick one-two right off the bat, I mean, if we get to the ground and my hands are on him, I'm winning. I'm yep. winning that battle. Uh, right, but I, think I, am, the... I am scared of that. Bye-bye. <laughs> That's the undercard. He catches you once. If he catches but it's, me like, once. it's the chronic thing when it's a smaller guy facing a bigger guy. It's like, if he gets inside, it's over. Yeah, like, right. that's always what right. we say. Yes. Like, like, oh, Tyson versus Lennox Lewis. If he gets inside, it's over. Yes. Always. All right, so that was a very long podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it for the weekend. No joke. Longest podcast ever. Yeah. I'm not, even, I'm not yeah. even kidding. You've said that at least 25 this times was in the now. last year. This I'm was excited. It. I'm excited. This so, is an hour and 45 minutes. Longer. Uh, hour 55. Thank you Holy guys uh, for joining us. You want to just 
stay on for five minutes and do two hours? Let's do it. Let's make it happen. No, I'm just kidding. Come on. Um, How many different versions of that color do you own? It's just, it's unbelievable. Somebody buys the shirt. So bit.ly slash Sim70, the Sim70 shirt is now available. Yep. If you buy it, uh, I'd love to start sending us pictures if you get it. Like, I want to see you guys wearing them. I yeah. think it'd be really cool. Yep. We have a few more shirts coming soon. Are we going to have another one coming out next week? Next week, yep. And it's, I think it's a really good one. Might be our top the one I saw today. I don't know. know. That might be another one. Oh, my God. Whoa. Big off season. (laughs) Guys, love you so much for Sims. Peace out, homies. For Fendrick. Good evening, everybody. And for the L-E-F-K-O-E. Man. We appreciate you. Just be a human that loves other humans, and you'll be fine. Sims and Lefko. We'll holler at you guys. See you soon.